Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Theater lovers, both out and proud and on the DL, welcome to Broadway Breakdown, a podcast discussing the history and legacy of American theater's most exclusive address, Broadway. This series is called Underestimated, and it is covering shows that either had mild success when they first premiered on Broadway, or no success at all, but have since gone on to have a long and healthy life. I am your host, Matt Koplick, the least famous and most opinionated of all the Broadway podcast hosts, and with me to Day is a dear friend, a good Judy. Uh, she was on the podcast once before, before we had our makeover in 2021, uh, talking about her obsession with 11 o'clock numbers because she's a gay man like that. Please welcome back Miss Abby Goldfarb. Hello, hello. Hello, gorgeous. Hello. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, we're <laughs> We are fresh off the uh, drama of the funny funny girl. girl, Yeah, which I was telling Abby all the backstage tea that I know, which none of you will get to hear. But uh, just know that I am well informed. (laughs) (laughs) I I know things and you don't get to know them. You don't get, you'll have to subscribe to the Patreon. Subscribe. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, at this point, I still haven't actually finished setting okay. up the Patreon. Almost soon, subscribe. Almost soon, yeah. End of, end of the month. When Beanie Feldstein leaves Funny Girl, that that's, is that's the, the same that's day. I'm launching the that's Patreon it. the same day she leaves. That's fair. Um, which is not me dragging her. I just, you know, I figured people will be on social media that day anyway. I might as well announce. Yes. It's the day for an announcement. Exactly. It's taking Love advantage it. of everyone's eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. As you should. Uh, as as one I'm should. So happy to be back. Thank you for asking me. Thank you for coming back. I'm really honored. Yeah, we are back in Tai Tai Studio. Uh we will have the video for this go on the Patreon as well. The elusive Patreon. I keep still. not knowing where to look. Just don't need to look anywhere. I'm I'm look. trying to make my voice sound great and also look at camera. Well, you do have a naturally great voice. Do I? 
I mean, singing speaking voice. Speaking voice? No, singing voice. <laughs> you're like your speaking voice on the other hand. Oh, your speaking Atrocious. voice gives me shingles, baby. No, um, just look Thank at me. Look you. at my beautiful, That's what beautiful I'm going to do. Yeah, that's yeah. What uh, and my notes, of course. Yes, well, your notes. Extensive notes. Abigail, what, mm-hmm. <laughs> what musical are we talking about today? Legally Blonde. Yeah, that, did I just blow out the, the mic? Yes, you blew out my eardrums is Sorry. what you did. We are talking about Legally Blonde. I had to. I had to because I've been listening to blondes belt their face. Well, not only blondes, brunettes. Yeah. All, that fuck, all what is that, an E she does at the end of Legally Blonde? their faces off yeah. in this musical. Absolutely. Like, I've just been inundated with belting, yeah. and it feels like you can't say that without belting. Like, I don't yeah. usually sing... I was not originally going to include this musical in this series, shockingly enough, even though it does very much follow all the criteria that I had for this Mm -hmm. series. uh, I was actually originally going to do Amelie, which... Uh, bombed worse here than mm. Legally Blonde did, but has had so much more success in London and like regionally okay. in a way that I was like, oh, that's interesting because I thought Amelie was garbage. But uh, I just couldn't bring myself to do Amelie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. when I was recording the Sideshow episode with Adam Ellsbury, Gunkle of the Pod, and we were talking sort of about the style of singing that got popularized in the late 80s through the 90s that then went out of fashion is now almost extinct with the exception of Stephanie J. Block and Carmen Cusack, that like full throaty uh-huh, the belt. Full, yeah, full yeah. chest belt. Yeah, you know, like that, that Alice and Emily inside show, yes. Carly Carmel yes. and Parade, just like all the folds. That's very much, if not totally extinct, close to extinct. Mm-hmm. And it got replaced by the pingy mix pingy mix yeah yep. which like is it's healthier healthier more longevity it's less interesting for me um but we were talking in that episode about how uh that really kind of started to become a thing in the 2000s really starting with hairspray it was the it was the one two three punch of hairspray followed by wicked followed by legally mm, blonde where yeah. it's not that one of those shows changed the game forever but those three so close to each other yeah really kind of then set the landscape and you listen to legally blonde uh you know adam claimed oh there are some interesting voices on that cast recording and there are like there are good performers yeah. in the original production uh i think he's mostly just thinking orfe who sure. uh doesn't sing in the mask she sings straight from the vagina um <laughs> but you do have your annalee ashford's your laura bill bundy's who are much more in the mask yeah. uh and it's it's where we're at now yeah. so it, talking about him Talking to him about that, I was like, I probably just should do Legally Blonde. It was like on the cusp of it. Yeah. It was like some of them are singing using the masky mix. Mm -hmm. Some of them are singing full belt. Mm -hmm. And then you're going between the two sometimes. And then... Yeah. I have... have We'll get into things. Well, Well, so Abby, we famously have been friends for a very long time. Yes. For those who don't remember the episode three years ago... Mm. Where we may or may not have mentioned. I don't know what the fuck we talked history. about. I don't remember anything. The Act fact like that no I did one... eleven o'clock numbers is just. I love that you did eleven o'clock. I mean, numbers. it feels very on brand, but yeah. it is also just like, of course. Listen, Kevin Duda when he did it. Granted, he was the second person to ever do the Obsession series, but that gay was like, I'm going to talk about like Broadway patterns, and I was like. What? And he goes, you know how we go through cyclical <laughs> events. And I went, Kevin, that's not an obsession. And no one's going to know how to talk about that. And lo and behold, if you ever listen to that episode, it's, we don't know what we're fucking talking about. That's great. Let's talk about our history as friends for a second. Okay. How um, did we meet? We met. We were at applause on Saturdays doing musical theater reviews mm-hmm. that were 
like reviews written by the creator of applause they made jagged little pill look cohesive a few people who there was a lot of people in new york did applause because there was a stage door connection in the way that like a lot of people did like pre-college programs to get a a good foot in the (laughs) door door for a college yeah like if you went to applause there were enough people who were connected to stage door from applause and they knew you and they knew you. So you put a good, in a good word. Yeah. Like they got a better sense of what you could do. So once you got to stage door, it's no coincidence when you started doing applause. And if you did well at applause, you started getting better roles at stage door. I mean, like myself, (laughs) that didn't work out that way for me. Um, you actually got better roles at applause every year. I got great roles. I never applause. And then stage door, they were like 11 o'clock number girls back. We don't have a place for her yet. (laughs) I wasn't, didn't find, you know what? I've been doing just fine. You're working more than a lot of people who had those leads all the damn time. It's okay. It's fine. I'm over it. No, but I loved applause. But, um, but we had a great time, but yeah, that's where Blonde was like at its peak when we were in applause. Yes. And I feel like there may, I feel like an, oh my God, you guys was definitely like, it may not have been in applause at the time, but. Well, so yes, we, very we, th- we, we started on our friendship route and then we started bearing the lead because of stage door trauma for you and Legally yes. Blonde. But yes. No and then we went to college. At, at, at the, the same, same college. college. Yeah, at the same college. Uh, she's obsessed with me. And, I followed him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I'm also younger. Don't forget. <laughs> You're so much younger than <laughs> I am. One year, baby. Uh, aren't you young for your, weren't oh, you yes. young for your grade? You're like two yeah. years younger than me. But I don't know if I'm a t- full two. Year and a half? Yeah, maybe. When's You're your birthday? I'm not getting people my no, no. personal information. Day, just like your day. Mar- I am. I am March. You're March. I'm March. Born March of 1990. Oh, okay. I'm December of 91. So we're like, yeah, almost two years. Almost. Oh my god! Like I'm wow. a total coogs right now you for really being are. for being your friend. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. So we were we shared a lot of the high school experience together and being being New York kids who liked theater yep. and in that sort of. Uh, and when you're in a group of kids who also like theater and you're all in New York, like you're all seeing the shows together. Everyone has their obsessions. Mm-hmm. We had, we had a certain number of friends who had the means to see Broadway shows yes. many times. And when I say uh, many times, I literally mean like one or two shows dozens of times. Yes. Uh, and didn't our, um, one of our accompanists or our music directors at applause actually was in Legally Blonde on Broadway. Yes, he he went in as and a replacement. And we saw him. I did not see him. Oh, I did. Oh, uh, you did. I was one of those, I wasn't one of those people that saw a show 50 times, but that was the time I saw the show. Yeah, Legally Blonde was, the, was a show that season with Spring Awakening as well that a lot of people in her friendship group saw a lot. And not only just yes. saw a lot, but like, like were, knew all the ins and outs of yeah. what was going on with that show. And the way that it's, not as impressive for kids now to know what's going on because social media is everywhere and things spread like wildfire. Like there was no Instagram. There was no Twitter. No, there was Twitter, but no one used it really the way no. they use it now. So like the fact that um, our one of our friends, name redacted here, knew like everything <laughs> that was going on yeah. with that cast was like, that's not impressive. That's actually a little odd. You're like, you yeah. you were, you were, forging through like backwards channels in a way where I'm like, you could use that energy for something else. (laughs) Or maybe this person was just so ahead of the time with social media Mm. that they were (laughs) creating their own gossip because there was no, there was no posting. There was no anything, but it definitely was like 
cultish. Like people would, you know, that's when people were standing at stage doors and it was like groups of people seeing things a million times, yeah. calling themselves the I don't know they blondes or whatever they called they themselves. Called them. or, well, because the Spring Awakening the fans called snaps. them. Yeah, the Bend and Snaps. <laughs> <laughs> the bend and ginger snappers yeah. um the the, the, the gay or europeans <laughs> the wait the ginger bend and snappers i like gingerbread yes. yeah and um yeah the 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 fan culture with legally blonde was so odd it's like i we always like to see say like you know oh this was the show that started such and such i no one can really pinpoint exactly like what's mm. the thing you could argue like oh rent is really what started like stage door culture and that fandom sure. but like you know, even back in 1979, like, Avita had its fans that just, like, went to go see Patty all the time. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Wicked and Hairspray were huge as well. Like, Spring Awakening was sort of like a slow burn for teenagers that year because it kind of, it came out, it got all these reviews, no one was seeing it for a while. And it was sort of the underground, like, oh, everyone who's cool likes Spring Awakening. And then when it blew up at the Tonys, it became, like, the cool thing to yes. like. And weirdly, Legally Blood had the reverse where, like, yeah. it came out and it was the cool, th- it was... The popular choice, because it was based on this movie everyone yeah. knew and loved, and then when it didn't get a Tony nomination for, for Best Musical and business started to slip, like, all of a sudden, oh, no, like, we're the cult show. It used to be, like, Spring Awakening was the cult show, and then they switched. It's so interesting, too, because it's one, now that you just said that, it's one of the first musicals based off of a movie in the, like, bef- before that became, like, every musical was becoming, a, was a, every movie That's was not- made into a musical. It, that's not totally that, true. But yeah, but what that year, or like the year before in that, in the so early uh, 2000s. Of the year of Spring Away, so okay, of the year of Legally Blonde, of that season, I should say, uh, Legally Blonde based off of a movie, Great Gardens oh, based off okay. a movie. And like also, I don't know if you remember that season, I was the lone Great Gardens fan. I was about to say. It was. I don't know how popular Great Gardens was. It then. was me. It was um, you. Well, there were no, there were older of gays. Of course, but of yes. course, yeah. Yeah, I'm always, every Tony season, I am the lone wolf that. That's, you know. I, that was the year Someone where I Someone has to support... Grey Gardens. Grey Gardens. <laughs> it was always going to be... I'll always support that show. Uh, Legally Blonde, Grey Gardens, Mary Poppins. Um, and I want to say there was one more. But, like, honestly, who can remember? I just don't know. I don't know why, but it feels like... It just feels more substantial. Like, it feels like that was such a big movie yeah. to change into a musical. Like, Grey Gardens no. niche. No, you're absolutely right. It, it, what it was was... What it was was and that's um, not disney yeah well so it's legally blonde it's not the first it was really when the idea of a movie being turned into a musical really soured because yeah. there before legally blonde we had movies turned into musicals that uh turned out really well some turned out poorly mm-hmm. but like every season you're like there were some that were great some that weren't and it was it never really felt that often like a corporate thing exactly the first Broadway musical I can think of where it was based off of a movie where the where critics and the community kind of shunned it because it felt like a you know a cash grab was big because because FAO Schwartz uh was a producer of it and it was that whole scene and it was so soon after the movie um a lot of times before then like if it's based off of a movie uh, say like so for example like 42nd Street is really the first musical based off of a movie I can think of where it was like the same title as the movie, so it's Forty Seconds yep. the musical. Because before then, you have like Smiles of the Summer Night becomes a little night music. Right. You have um, uh, Nights of Kiberia becomes Sweet Charity, like and, based off of movies. Yeah, inspired by they yes. make changes, and on top and like on top of that, 
not movies that necessarily are like huge international phenomenons that like are a sure bet. Like Carnival, that musical was never a sure bet because while Lily was popular, it wasn't like, oh yes, the whole country no. went to go see Leslie Caron and Lily. No, 42nd yeah. Street was, you know, it was a popular movie in the 30s. It wasn't a sure thing, but it was still 42nd Street, the musical, becomes this phenomenon, mm-hmm. international, like, like the British invasion, market it, stamp it, ship it all across the world, you know, all, all, all over the world, I should say. And then in the 90s, ushers in the big, the musical. Um, Lion King, the musical. Beauty and the Beast, the musical. You got your Disney's, yeah. yes. Exactly. And a lot of those musicals, instead of reinterpreting the movie for stage, became, okay, how do we give people what they know and love and add enough, like, original musical theaterness to it so it's a little different. But keep but everything else. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, then in the early 2000s, like, we had the producers in Full Monty, which still, like, if you watch those shows and then watch the movies they're based on, mm-hmm. they change some shit. Mm-hmm. Like, Full Monty takes place in England, and then for the stage show, it takes place in Baltimore. The producers... Yeah. Wildly different from the movie. Um, Thoroughly Modern Millie, even. Very different from the movie. And I've talked about it with the Janine Tesori series. Thoroughly Modern Millie has its issues. If you see the movie it's based off of, my God, do they make giant strides. And they they should be absolutely complimented for the strides they took. Um, Hairspray, quite different from the movie. Like, really, these kind of things. And then, I want to say, like, Spamalot is really when it is, like, when everyone was like, uh, because Spamalot mm-hmm. won Best Musical in 2005 and was generally considered to be the weakest of the four. But it was the biggest hit. It was the most like, oh, everyone loves the movie. Here we go. Let's add some songs. And then after Spamalot, we get Wedding Singer, which, you know, wasn't good, but also flopped. So no one really cared. Yeah. And then Legally Blonde was coming into town as like, it's a movie that was super successful. Yes. Everyone knows it. It made Reese Witherspoon a fucking movie star. Cute. That, exactly. And so everyone's like, oh, here comes the cash grab of the year. Weirdly more so than Mary Poppins, which like, I don't understand how that right, happened. No. Yeah. Everyone, everyone was like, I mean, Mary Poppins isn't British import, but whatever. Yeah. But like Legally Blonde, they were like, oh God, here comes this piece <laughs> yeah. of shit. And like liking it was sort of considered not Cool. Like, it felt like it was cheap. Yeah. Right? 100%. It had that sti- I'm not saying it was. I'm saying the stigma yeah. of it being, like, mm, well, also that be- musical. That's also like- because, I don't, I don't know if you remember, you weren't really uh, into, like, the inner workings of the Broadway scene in high school the way that I was. No. You were friends with me, so you probably would... I'm <laughs> sure I heard yeah. plenty, but no. But like no. the way we talk about the industry now that you're in it. Yes. Uh, you, like, we like, I like talking to you about this stuff because I'm like, oh, Abby likes to hear I the do. things. I'm uh, a good listener. And you, I'm a sponge. <laughs> it's not like I talk a lot or anything. No! <laughs> <laughs> I hope everyone's going to tune in for my facial expressions. <laughs> this is the reason why people need to uh, truly. Subscribe to the Patreon. Coming July 31st. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else is happening that Nothing day, everyone. Else. Nothing else is happening I that day. I do feel like Legally Blonde does a good job, like you were saying, does a good job of sticking to pretty close to what the movie was. Yeah. Well, Plot-wise, so, everything. Like, it's what you expect. There's not crazy differences no. in, like, what happens in the structure. Le- Legally Blonde, as a musical... Is having rewatched the movie in preparation for this, I was actually surprised at some of the more subtle moments in the movie, like some more nuanced scene work mm-hmm. of the movie. And like the movie also has its issues. Yes. Uh, some things are silly and some things politically do not yep. age super well. Um, yes, it did. Definitely some things did not age well. 
Yeah, but the way that the movie handles sort of empowerment, independence, and like female camaraderie is not so rah-rah divine sisters uh, secrets of the Aya sisterhood. Mm-hmm. It's more just on a human level. Like Elle does not go around in the movie being like, women are awesome. People should take women more seriously. She's just like kind of oblivious that there's negativity in the world mm-hmm. because she just so believes in herself. She's always been supported by everyone. And so her going to Harvard and getting undermined to her, it's not like, Oh, like women should support other women. She was like, why aren't people nicer? And then yep. she, and then she, by succeeding in her own right and people recognizing that there's more to her than what they think, all the moments that uh, have female connection, it's never like, women are awesome, but rather like, oh, you're a lovely human being that I never, like her, the whole thing with her and Vivian in the movie, so much better than it is in the show. Agreed. Where the show does better is actually Elle's uh, relationship with Emmett. But we will get into all of this. Um, I wanted to say, with Legally Blonde, when it was coming in that season of 2007, Legally Blonde, so first of all, <clears throat> I have some notes here. History. Um, book by Heather Hawk, Hatch, I don't know how to say her last name. Uh, Heather co-wrote Ricky Friday. Um, and they announced the team for this in 2004. And also, I think part of another reason why people were sort of like, oh, cash grab is that the uh, theatrical division of MGM, which produced the movie, produced the show in addition sure. to other Broadway producers. Sure. So again, it's like, oh. I mean, but that kind of makes sense. Like, I, I mean, yeah, it, okay. But, but what else is it? What uh, Who goes to Broadway being like, I don't want to make big cash here? Well, that's Broadway is not a sure bet. And the only way you can ever really uh, ensure that your show will have a life afterwards is to make the best show possible. Not the most sellable show. Like, just make a good show that people will want to see and do. But if they have that good, like, producing behind it and all that money, at least there's more possibilities. I'm just saying. I don't judge them. Over the years, we do eventually see trends. So, like, all these movie studios now actually have theater divisions, which they didn't used to have. Absolutely. Um, So I can see why it would have been seen as... A no no. Because now or it's like, oh, let's like go into our yes, like let's yeah. go into our canon. Because it's not, it's no longer like what's the best fodder for a musical, but rather like what is one of our more popular titles. Mm-hmm. Making it to a musical. Done. So they announced the show in 2004 with Heather Hack, and then Lawrence O'Keefe and Nell Benjamin, married couple, are doing the score. Do you know what Lawrence O'Keefe was most famous for at that point? No, what? Bat Boy. <gasps> That's I did. That came from left field for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I love, I mean, we love Bat Boy. Well, I, yeah. Uh, hold on, hold on. I love some songs from Bat Boy. Bat Boy is like a year in town show where yeah. if you do it well, it's great. It's so fun. It is hard to do well, though, because it is oh. odd. I know someone that was in Bat Boy that I saw. His name is Matt Coplick. <laughs> it may have been at. Stage drum manner. Guilty. Anyways, but yeah. Listen, no. did did I That's redefine? Impressive. Bat Boy's impressive. Did I did I redefine what a star making turn at stage drum manner could be with Bat Boy? Possibly. It's possible. It's possible. Did I choke on my thing during the dress rehearsal? <laughs> yes. Did I trip over the set? At All our of first that per- for like three performances. Three performances. <laughs> the amount of shit I went through for three performances. My God. Um, no, but it's Lawrence okay. O'Keefe. He cool. wrote the score for Bat Boy, and I think co-wrote the book. So he was an underground cultish figure yeah, already because people loved Bat Boy, or at least the theater, a lot of young kids in the theater community loved Bat Boy. I don't think anyone really knew much about Nell Benjamin's work at that point. But everyone's like, okay, at the very least, like, the score will be interesting. Yeah. And then I remember they were, they did a reading in 2005 and they were, a demo of the opening number of, oh my god, you guys came out 
uh, in the summer of 2006. They were going to San Francisco in January of 2007. This is a long way to get back to the point I wasn't really sure to make, but uh, the demo of Oh My God, You Guys came out, and I remember so many people were like, this sounds like garbage, which is ironic because I think it's one of the better opening yep, numbers the I was last about, 20 years. Yeah. But it, it be, because but of... But out of context, too, yeah. and just releasing that, I, I get it. Because it is very bubblegummy, teeny boppery, yes. and the lyrics are on the like shallow side but mm-hmm. that is sort of the point, the point. those those sorority sisters yeah we can we can't analyze yet but so that comes out and then they go to san francisco for their out of town tryout where they explode and on top of this broadway.com was following them throughout their journey actually what was it called it was called going blonde after it they had done the oh same gosh, thing the year it. before for lestat do you remember lestat it rings a bell but Broadway comes following the yeah, show. Yeah. They were they're gonna do a whole thing. I remember they were gonna like redo Laura Bell Bundy's apartment. I don't know. It's all, okay. all this shit. They're like following her. They're following it. They're yeah, like documentary like, style. This is gonna be the it's show. It's gonna of be this the season. show. Sure, yeah. Sure. They go to but then they go to San Francisco where they get these amazing reviews. They sell Super out. Hit. Yeah. yeah, San Francisco loves it. I sent you that clip. Yes. Uh, oh my gosh. It. They were going nuts. Like, no. <gasps> They're used to nuts. So, so there are two bootlegs from San Francisco, uh, which is fun to watch because there's one number that got totally redone. Uh, Positive used to be a song called Love and War, which was a lot darker. Uh, I mean, darker in the sense of how Legally Blonde could be dark. Yeah, exactly. um, it's the same basic premise as Positive, but it's in a minor key. And they're much more like, rip her hair out, <laughs> cut her guts open. Um, but... Yeah, there's Violence. one. Yeah, there's one bootleg in particular where it's kind of be towards the end of the run, where the audience is on fire for it, and it's unfortunately the whole thing is not on YouTube, but someone put together a compilation of Leslie Kritzer clips from that bootleg together, so, and you hear the audience die for it. Especially, I think I I sent it to you to watch, particularly for when they begin bend, bend and, snap, and snap. The yep. mm, uh uh-uh, uh uh-uh, and you hear a gay in the mezzanine shout, "Work!" It's it's outrageous that they had that kind of a, a following and like backup. Like, yeah, people were ready. Yeah, people were. They wanted it, but like, they wanted it. But that's the kind of audience reaction that I love because yes. those were not to like be derogatory towards teenagers because we were teenagers at the time. But you listen to the audience reaction from that movie, like it's all adults going mm-hmm. crazy for it so it's like it's a respectful like earnest they're not doing it because they are fangirling they're doing it because they're like genuinely enjoying themselves mm-hmm. and then it cuts to Broadway and you watch some of those bootlegs and like the screaming girls yep who are just there to be like I want to make sure Laura Belbunty knows I'm here I want Christian Borle to hear that I screamed for him yep it's it's where we're at a lot now with Broadway of just like audiences react in a way where I'm like they we the people on stage know you're there they see that there's an audience yeah. out there. You don't have stop screen like yeah. yes. It's apparently uh, yeah. It's apparently gone to the point of Beetlejuice where Alex Brightman has like started yelling at the audience. I of, like, don't blame him. Yeah, he's I'm like sure. I he's like I auditioned. You didn't yeah. stop talking. Stop stop reciting it's my not lines. Not about you. No, it's uh-huh. not. It's not about you, Claudia. But when that came out, that they were they had these reviews from San Francisco. Everyone's like, is this the show that's gonna fucking win the Tony? Because everyone thought it was like Spring Awakenings to lose. Yeah, and then. Like Legally Blonde opens in San Francisco, and everyone's like, "Jesus this might Christ, do it. Yeah, yeah, this might be the thing." And then there's a lot of conspiracy that part of the reason why it didn't get nominated for Best Musical was they were is the Tony nominating committee was concerned if it, if it was nominated, it would win. 
Um, the this, politics. I know. The same conspiracy that people have about Aida not getting a Best Musical nomination that year. Because okay. they're like, if it was nominated, it was going to win. And we we couldn't break ourselves to give Disney a second Best Musical Tony. Okay, okay, okay. Which I... Honestly, that makes more sense to me uh, than Legally than Blonde. Than Legally Blonde, yeah. But, like, Legally Blonde... So, Legally Blonde, they go to San Francisco. They come to Broadway. They open at the Palace Theater. Which, which again, like, any time a musical opens at a big theater like the Palace or the Broadway, there's a feeling from people in the community that, like, oh, so these producers are convinced they have a hit. They're confident. They're confident that they can fill. That they fill. can fill that house. Absolutely. Yeah. There's always like a little bit of a stigma with that. Yep. Um, which is a little unfair. Sometimes your show is sometimes, just big. And, right. Your show is big and you need a big house. Yeah. And also it's hard to get Broadway real estate and mm-hmm. what's available when you want it and when it's... So, you know. Yeah. And like Broadway real estate has changed now that we have premium seating and you can... Sure. You can have a higher budgeted show in a medium-sized house if you mark if you mark the ticket pricing well yeah, enough yeah so like, for, like um like a hamilton with the running cost that they have or like uh, better yet moulin rouge mm-hmm. from what i understand has about a million dollar running cost they're at the al hirschfeld theater which has about 1400 seats yeah if this were 1992 they would never make their money back they would have to be in the Majestic or in the Broadway because there was no such thing as that kind of uh, pre, uh, premium, premium seating, seating of like yeah. 450 for center and then and then scaling out from there. Uh, you can do that now. Like Legally Blonde could have fit in the Neil Simon mm-hmm. or the August Wilson even and like done premium seating and been fine. But yeah, sometimes you just have to do it. Yep. Um, and we have those big theaters still because of like how the landscape used to be for yeah. pricing your shows. And it's just hard to fill them now. But yeah. uh, they opened, and we'll talk about what happened when they opened all that Tony's and bullshit in a second. Uh, Abby. Yes. Abigail, what is here? What is Like Le Blonde about? <laughs> Set the scene. It's about, um, like, plot-wise or, like, what is its core about? Because I have plot opinions. Wise. No, plot-wise. Okay, plot-wise. It's about this picture it. lovely blonde Lass, who <laughs> I'm already bringing the Irish in. Um, What's her name? L Woods. Mm-hmm. Her name is L comma Woods. Woods comma L. Woods comma L. Yep, that's what I meant. Um, <sighs> and she is in love with Warner, her boyfriend. She's part of a sorority, and all she does is hang out with her sorority gals. Yeah. And she is just your stereotypical blonde, blonde, blonde mm-hmm. to a T. Um, she really wants to get engaged to her boyfriend and she thinks that she's going to get engaged when he asks her out on this fancy date. Instead, he breaks up with her Mm -hmm. and he's about to go to law school at Harvard. And she's like, no, no, no. What can I do to get him back? Well, I know what I can do. I can win him back by being a serious Harvard girl. Serious is the important word. Serious Harvard gal. So... L, who apparently has a 4.0 GPA, like, yeah. you know, I mean, yes, I'm not surprised that she's smart. I'm surprised that, like, they don't mention that until this point. Like, it's just, like, thrown away well, a little bit. We'll but get, we'll get, into, we'll get all into all of that. It. But anyways, 
So she's like, you know what? On a whim, I'm just going to do the LSATs. Her friends are like, do it, do it. And her one nerdy friend's like, you're not going to get in. You got to do all this stuff, Kate Weatherhead. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I book forgot writer, about this. Book writer for Devil Wears Prada, amazing. Kate Weatherhead. I know. Um, so <laughs> just they like say the meek shall so inherit. happened. <laughs> but yeah, so she gets, she gets into Harvard. She gets 175 on her LSAT, gets into Harvard, goes there, sees Warner. She's like, hey, babe, I'm here now. We can date. I'm serious. And he's already with a new girlfriend. She's devastated. Oh, my gosh. It's horrible. But she meets a nice guy named Emmett who, like, you know, helps her with studying and stuff and gives her the confidence that she needs in addition to Paulette. Paulette, Yes, Paulette. The nail technician. Paulette, her nail technician that she literally meets. And five minutes later, Paulette's, like, spilling her life to her. And they're having a... Yeah, sure. We'll get into this. There are pe- Listen, I know there are people oh, no, out there that, that do that. Surprise me, it happens. <laughs> but anyway, she's like, I want to be a brunette, and she's like, L, don't do that. You're that would be the biggest mistake of your life. You're a blonde, and yeah. um, so she doesn't change who she is, but she starts studying. She gets, she does really well, um, and essentially, she has to like prove herself um, to Warner, and she still thinks she wants to get him back. She's yeah. still like, I, you know, I can be the best. Yeah. Yes. Well, so to go into then. Yes. The murder trial. What yes. happens next? So basically there's. Enough a- of Warner. Enough of him. He's a, he's a flop. <laughs> yeah, well. So there's um, a big murder trial. Uh, what's her name? Brooke Windham. Uh, Brooke Windham. A fitness instructor is on trial for murdering her husband. And Elle ends up basically being like a lawyer boss by befriending this yes. Brooke Wyndham and realize and gaining gaining info that L gets brought on me. L, L gets brought on the legal team yeah. L gets brought on gets brought on Brooke's uh defensive legal team because Brooke's lawyer happens to be L's uh teacher at Harvard and the caseload is so big he's taking on yes. first year interns. A couple of people yes. are helping. Yes. yes. Including Warner and Vivian. Yes. And Enid hoops. And Elle's the one who ends up uh, being the most helpful mm-hmm. on the team by befriending Brooke by all the They all, both but, were yeah. in the same sorority. Yeah. And then also like using other tactics besides like nor- what besides people- the normal well, route you'd go. Yes, exactly. Uh, she, personal thing. Yes. Exactly. She gets Brooke's alibi, but she won't use it because she Brooke tells her in confidence. We, we can, t- we can get into it. Yeah. But-, but yes, and then the next monkey wrench that happens is uh, after Alec gets a really big win for the team, uh, her professor Callahan. Yeah makes a move on her which makes her, which shatters her completely cuz everything she thought she achieved at Harvard she thought she own. got she thought she got from out of her own merit and like proving that she actually was somebody and it turns out no just another person who looks at her as a pretty face a pretty blonde um and yeah. she decides she's going to leave then but then Vivian Warner's Vivian girl, Warner's, Warner's cold ass Beyonce. Beyonce. She's like, she comes don't you like, dare. No, no, no. You're amazing. Yeah. Bitch. Let's get, actually. Uh, yeah. So, stay. so Brooke fires Callahan has L as her uh, main legal defense. Now, Emmett helps her with that as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, L ends up winning the day. She proves that Brooke is innocent, that someone else murdered Brooke's husband. And L graduates top of her class. Yep. And she and Emmett get, uh, get engaged at the end. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she finds her true love. Now I found my life, my God. Um, 
Okay, yeah. Okay. We got to get into I have some... Okay. I don't... Oh, what so, would you like... What's oh, the okay. first thing yeah. you want to talk about? So the first thing I want to talk about... Um, first of all, I'm just looking at this musical now, just like you. It has grown on me so much. Mm-hmm. When it was first out, it did feel like... I had fun seeing it, but I didn't think it that it was that substantial. I didn't think the songs... I was like, they're catchy. Watching it now, having seen a lot of bad shows... I'm extremely impressed with the consistency of this show and the high level of like performance commitment. Mm -hmm. And like, there are some really amazing songs. I mean, it's a really strong score. It's extremely strong. And there are only like a couple songs that I'm like, okay. Well, there are songs that people I know consider like the clunkers that I don't necessarily think are bad i understand why they would be skippable for some people like i understand why people skip blood in the water it is not the bop the positive is blood in the water though i think is an extremely crucial song and very wise absolutely and like sets a tone that is foreshadows to l all this other stuff i Um, think i just i have a one big note on the score go for it no i'm not i'm putting a pin in this okay put a pin in it because score i i'm going to make a lot of like nitpicky Yes. Things right. I have with the show. And for a show that I overall think is really strong. Yes. That's I have how ni- I feel too. I have nitpicky things, but I have one big major question oh, gosh, when okay. it comes to the score, but we'll get to it. Okay. Um, well, essentially, I just want to comment on the vocals mm-hmm. because I was very impressed throughout um, the uh, filmed version of it. On the MTV. On the MTV. I'm Laura Bell Bundy's consistency mm-hmm. is fantastic and the one part where she just like can't sustain um during better than before she takes a breath in before and the then is off pitch however as someone also i want everyone to notice that abby did all those notes correctly on pitch well i just like screamed them that was not pretty Abby's Abby's got a very good vocal range well thanks but this is not me criticizing Laura Bell Bundy this is me actually saying she's a human Mm -hmm. and I am advocating for the fact that like that was an extremely difficult thing to do that score for her is outrageous and the fact that that was the only thing where I was like your human is showing a little bit like I really thought that she was able to get that big juicy belt out of like a good chunk of this show Mm -hmm. so that was the only part i was like oh oh that was also a reshoot that note if you because famously at the mtv taping she bummed that note (gasps) bad oh no badly and they had to reshoot it did that happen to her on broadway a lot she so i i i forgot that i even had this thought as well this is another major criticism i have the show uh because I don't want to like, I don't want to harp on her voice. I was no. very impressed. I, I don't want to be rude Laura about Lundy it. Is, I just Laura is extremely talented. She yes. got criticized when the show opened okay. by critics, and we'll go into why in okay. a second. Because that's there's a there's a very big reason why Legally Blonde the movie became such a success, and it's something that you can't really musicalize, which yep. is the fact that. Reese Witherspoon played Elle Woods, and Reese Witherspoon is a very good actress. She was a movie star about to explode, and that was the right vehicle for her. She knew exactly everything she did in that movie was perfect um, from an acting perspective, but also then just like as a movie star. And you can't musicalize a movie star's performance. Uh, Because you have to sing songs in between all of this. And and Laura Bell Bundy had the 
an enviable task of having to take on what is a killer role, like just in terms of like what is required of you physically, vocally, mm-hmm. stamina wise, and then also having to deliver what the role needs and not be a carbon copy every Switherspoon. The problem is like you go too far in the other direction of like whiny teeny boppery. You lose what made Reese Witherspoon so special in the role of Elle. What makes Elle such an interesting character? Stoicism in it too. There's there is an earnestness, but also a kind of like her Reese's chipperness as L was not necessarily overly giggly and bubbly. no that's what I mean like yeah. it was very grounded even yeah. though it was yeah it was like so bubbly but her physicality of it was like very confident in what she was yeah when she walks into Harvard with all of her stuff and she's yep. like boy it's this way and you know she's moving in yeah she's she's all good yeah I mean she's does things that are over the top for sure but again she's Reese Witherspoon so it's mm-hmm. all anyway point is uh Laura Belvendi, very talented, uh, and she was also still pretty young. She was yes. like in her mid-20s when it came out. So the fact that it took that much of a toll on her tells you the role of Elle Woods in Legally Blonde, the musical, is awfully written from a perspective of stamina. It is mean to make it's an actress so... She almost never leaves the stage. She's singing all the time. And, like, it's not Evita. She's not singing E's and F's. But she is constantly hitting C's. And, and C's can be harder. Yeah. It's like, part of the passaggio. And the way she has to sing it, like, to go from the end of, oh, my God, you guys, into uh, serious, into what you want, where she's never leaves and is dancing up a storm. She gets five to ten minutes of musical respite, mm-hmm. but she's still on stage acting mm-hmm. opposite people. Uh, you know, and then you have some that's so much better, which is another mountain. Yep. You know, I would argue our Act Two might be is easier for her vocally. Vocally, yes. But she has to get through all of Act One. It's mean. It's very mean. It is. And I don't think that they realized that. Because um, I think it's like it is all about L, right? Mm-hmm. It's L L L L L. Yeah. And you can only give so much to the rest of the people around her, right? Like. Yeah. And they wanted to keep it bubbly, belty. Fun. Yeah. And and ironically, if you look, there's a demo of actually Carrie Butler doing so much better back when, like, I think they did their very first reading. Because mm-hmm. Carrie Butler has the Lawrence O'Keefe connection due to Bat Boy. And, you know, she was playing teenagers and college students up until four years ago. <laughs> and so much better was originally in an even higher key. I think, like, but, like, also, like, Carrie Butler's Carrie Butler. She, yeah, that's where she yeah, lives. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's one of those things where it's a like. Very different sound. Yeah. But... And it's also one of those things where, like, sometimes just, like, Half a step up, even though it's higher. It's so much easier. Yeah. It is in the right it's in Pocket, the, the yeah. placement is so much easier. Yeah. Having that um, issue. And it right also now, sounded better in that I hear the original key and like, oh, and I like the song as it's written yep. and, and out. But you hear the original key, you're like, oh, this actually fits a lot better. Yeah. And then they took it down a step, and then they took it down another step after Laura bummed the note. Right. Um, and when Laura by the time Laura had left, it, I think like the final note was a B instead of a C. That's that. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a monster of a role. It's a monster of a role. And that's how, that's like my, that was one thing I noticed uh, while watching. I also just want to mention that there's a lot of violence jokes in the show. It's like, there's a lot of just like choose violence a lot in a joking way. Like um, I wrote choose violence always. Yeah. I don't know why I wrote that. I think it was when they were doing positive, probably. Posi- yeah, but, but that's also the. It joke was of funny, positive. and it was yeah. it was, and it paid off. Yeah. Um, whipped into shape. They also have some violence in there. Yeah, but again, no. But I did it. It didn't bother me. It was just no. kind of one of those like, well, okay, I see what they're doing. That's there. the thing about whipped into shape is like, with their, so 
it's a whipped into shape is a great act two opener and it's it's brooke windham's workout video that the legal team is watching because callahan is telling everyone here's who we're defending here's what happened and they go she claims she didn't kill her husband and like well did she goes well let's watch more of the tape shall we and it's her telling her customers like how to have self-defense against an attacker with the rope and like yes it's intense but all with like a bubbly smile but i'm also like she's telling women how not to get attacked that's good yeah Yeah. like that's a great if anything i'm like yeah she's empowering women to fend off attackers yeah that's that should be the evidence that she didn't do it callahan another note i is about callahan anyway um i was just one other thing i like I was so cognizant of the fact that they go like, okay, she's all about love. And then love turns into law, turns into like, Mm -hmm. that's that there's like one musical part where she's like, law is love or you know that kind of oh, thing when she helps paulette get the dog yeah. and she's like love this is what, this is love. what yeah. it is and she finds her love within something else in yeah. her life and it all grounds her and i just really i really appreciated how they did that kind of seamlessly and it became law and then it became just like about her and who she is and not about any other outside source yeah i really liked that i yeah. have to say i i i appreciated that they kind of had consistency throughout of following that um that trajectory using the love is yeah and and i will also say when you lead with love in a dramatic story Mm -hmm. that's the thing that takes you from like pretty good to just like people will fucking follow you everywhere The, the people always talk about like titanic for example titanic the the movie not the musical does the miracle of still ending on a loving, happy note, mm-hmm. despite the fact that it's about the sinking of the Titanic. Yeah. But, that, but that ending on that scene where she gets to go back and she gets to kiss Leonardo DiCaprio, that's the difference between it being a good movie and making $2 billion worldwide. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. 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 Something like, you know, La La Land, which is like literally about their love for each other and the love for their craft. Like, I know it makes some people uncomfortable. Some people really don't like earnest passion, but that's what made that movie explode. Mm-hmm. It's what made Greatest Showman, for lack of a better, yeah, you know, sure. good reason, explode. Um, it's what made Les Mis an international phenomenon because, like, one of the last lines of the show is to see to love another person is to see the face of God. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, who doesn't want to hear Obviously. that? Obviously, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you lead with love, and yes. Legally Blonde does that in a much more bubbly kind of Very way. Very bubbly. Yeah, I, I will save my opinions on Christian Borel for later. Are they negative opinions? Yeah, we might have some differing opinions here. Oh my! God. I know. Uh, so okay, let me. No, you're let the me, second let me person ju- this week, really, to come for me. I'm, hold for, on, for hold this. on. Anyway. Let's be clear here. Do I love Christian Borle? You don't love him in this. Yes. I, I, no, I found his, was he like charismatic, cute? Was his acting great? Yes. Did I find his singing? Like I was listening to a college, like a college showcase belting kind of vibe. Yeah. I don't know. It felt very unfinished to me. It felt very, I, and I know he's not like a singer, 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 but I've seen him in other things more recently where I'm like, your voice is great. And you sound, I just, it didn't do it for me. It didn't do it wow. for me. Wow. Guys. Yeah. Abby's or am basic. I really oh, you're, advanced? No, you're really advanced. No, <laughs> I think that's very fair. But I really like I him. Was, so I, that's things I that I've never been like, 
all yes, up on his. Yes, it didn't need to be. I've never been all up on his singing voice. I've never been like, you know what I really want to listen to? Christian Borle. Christian Borle's version of this song. Uh, I've always liked his singing voice, but it always connected to how he performs, yeah. how he acts. Like yes. I, again, yes, like I don't, I don't listen to him and go, "Oh my god, the most buttery of voices." Like it's not like Gavin Creel, but no. because he is, in my opinion, one of the best musical actors we have right now. It's never been for me about like. I could listen to it all day. It's more like I could listen to him act all day through song. Absolutely. Um, I guess he, it just didn't fit for I me did. in this show. It is, it is very nasal, yes. It was just like, oh, I expected it to be someone that had like this really beautiful, I don't know, listen, but maybe that's just We were talking about pingy singing. I didn't say it was just the women no. that, legally, that Legally Blonde continued mm-hmm. that trend with. Um, I would argue there are more rounder vowel singing from some women in that show that was from Christian, yeah. yeah. And and uh what's his face who plays Warner? Uh, uh, God um, uh, Richard Blake. Richard Blake, yeah. yes. Richard J. Blake or something like something that. Richard like that, H. Yeah. Blake. I mean if you're playing um, Warner Huntington the third, you have you to have, have to have a middle initial there. Absolutely. absolutely. Um do you okay. Yes. Do we okay. want to talk about a song first or a character first? Um a song. Okay. Give me a song. Do you want to talk about the opening? Do you want to talk about No, I want to talk about um, right in front of you. Oh no! Mm. What do you want? What you want? That's what right it's called. In front, in front of, of you, you. In front of you. Yes. Uh, great. I'm glad you said this. Something that I think Lily Blonde does really well, musical theater storytelling wise, is the montage number. Yes. They use montage numbers so well. So well. So well. Seamlessly. Uh, yeah. The, the what you want. Uh, chip on your shoulder. I would even argue a little bit of whipped into shape. Yeah. Uh, take it like a man. Uh, even the Legally Blonde remix. Like yeah. the way that they make time pass, the way that they move story along over the course of like a six minute number. Great. Yeah. And I think what you want is a great version of that. What do you want to discuss with what you well, want? Well, what I loved about it were the vocals. I thought Laura Bevandi sounded fantastic on that song. She does sound great on that. And it's and it's a really sharp like it. It's just concise it gets through a lot of story Mm -hmm. like we were just saying and it's not oh my god you guys it's not positive and it's not like so much better yeah it actually feels to me like a very purposeful number um hold on uh not more it's this one right yeah i know the actual words would you like the actual words no Abby? i don't i like that <laughs> what you I want like, warner what you want is me what you need, need to, to see me in a brand new domain well it's plain warner in a different setting you will see you're getting all of this plus a brain i'll meet you there in harvard with a book in my hand big sturdy book big wordy book Full of words I'll understand and write. There is where you'll see it too. Warner, what you want is right in front of you. What you want is clear. What you want right here. What you want is right in front of you. Front of you. What you want is clear. What you want right here. There's something about it that makes me pumped up for the rest of the show. Yeah. When I was listening to that, that was the first song where I was like, I was like, oh, I'm in. I don't know. That's that's all I have to say about it. I, it's not. It's not that. It's not that. Well, it is the beginning of the love uh, uh, theme motif. That's true. Love. I'm doing this for love. Uh, so, yeah, it felt like it had a lot of different. Maybe it was the. Yeah. Maybe it was the uh, montage that made it so 
special. Like it yeah. felt like it had a lot of different levels to it. Also, what? So, so a moment about what what you want that I love. We were, I was talking about this earlier in terms of like the girl empowerment in Legally Blonde and sort of the difference between the movie and the show in this respect. Like the movie is never um, outwardly being like women stick together. Like, women, yeah. like it just does it. Like like yeah. you just it's just many examples of female friendship. Yeah, and I think. The and I said the culture shock for Elle when she gets to Harvard, being beautiful, being kind, being wealthy, uh, she's always just been wrapped in a bubble of positivity. People have always just been supportive of her no matter what. And you see that with her sorority. Like you would you assume, because they're all pretty wealthy girls, majority white, you're like, oh, they must be bitches. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're all very nice. And yeah. they're nice to each other. They and have supportive of each other and they, and that comes from a confidence and uh self-assuredness of like yeah. I have nothing to vow, to fight I'm not for threatened by this exactly person. I'm okay with who I am and what I'm the things in my life yeah so why would I want to sabotage you yep. let me help I like you you're my friend let me help you yeah and so you see that in the movie a lot so, like when Elle decides she's gonna apply to Harvard and I love how just like confident mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon's like girls I'm going to Harvard <laughs> she hasn't even applied yet she hasn't <laughs> no, even taken the LSAT she's like I'm just going I, I, she goes, which is also just I don't need backups I'm going to Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> It's, there are things about that movie that are just so fucking prime. But so her sorority, rather than like go, what are you doing going against the mold or anything like that? No. They're like, okay, great. Like full we'll, support. Yeah. Great. The, the montage, her, her, her sorority sisters, like you, they, she has, you see Elle have these late night study sessions. Yep. She's not alone. Like they're there with her. Yeah. Like one of her sorority sisters is helping her go through the LSAT practice. And, like another one is helping grade it for her. And then when she gets it, they all celebrate. It's wonderful. So the musical channels that, which I really love. Yeah. Um, and I love that, uh, there's no, it's not about being necessarily a woman so much as just about like pure love and friendship. And so like Elle's, Elle's love for Warner is what's driving her and her friend's love for her is what makes them jump on board. Yeah. And we do have the one Kate Weatherhead friend who, who takes place for the, uh, counselor at college that's in the movie. The one who's like. The uh, Harvard's not going to be impressed that you aced history of polka dots because <laughs> L does have a 4.0. Yes, we, and and we establish in oh my god, you guys, which is they take the scene from the movie as well, where L is trying on her dress for the Warner date where she thinks she's going to get proposed to, and a sales associate thinks, oh, she's a dumb blonde. I'm going to yep. sell her this dress that's normally half off for full price. And Elle catches it immediately. She doesn't demand that this woman be fired. She doesn't drag her for filth. She just. She she can set, she's probably had this done to her before. Yep. Her bullshit detector is up, and rather than like put a snooty, uh, make her feel yeah, bad too. Yeah. yeah. She what she does is actually she plays along, and at any moment this woman could say, "Actually, I don't know, mm-hmm. but it is brand new." She like sets up all these traps for her. Oh, it's this, it's this, it's this. Yeah, absolutely, one of a kind. She goes, "Great." So everything I said was bullshit. Um. And I know that this isn't on sale. Yeah. So there you go. And so you know that she knows what she's talking about. She's smart. She can put two and two together. She thinks outside the box. Elsa, right through that salesgirl's lies. It may be perfect for a blonde, but I'm not that blonde. I may be in love, but I'm not stupid, lady. I've got eyes. Oh my God. Elle Woods, sorry, our mistake. Courtney, take your break. Just ignore her. She hasn't been well. Try this lady. So we already know that, like, she's not vapid. She, like her, her priorities have always just been very specific things. Yeah. So her intelligence has always gone to that. Um, 
And so when there's, when Kate Weatherhead's like, I know you have a 4.0, it's in fashion merchandising. Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't help you with Harvard. <laughs> and then, by the way, you have to get at least um, a 174 on your LSAT. I believe in the movie they say 170. And uh, Elle in the movie gets a 179. Yes. In the musical, she gets 175. Do you know what the highest score you can get on the LSAT is? I thought it was a 180. It is 180, uh, which is almost impossible to yes. do. It's considered great if you get 160. Like you're right. supp- you want to aim for 160, and if you get 150, like you'll still get into a top law school. Uh, if you are 179, like she is in the movie, you are in the 99.99 yeah. percentile. Yeah, if yeah, you get yeah. a 175, you are in the 99.95 percentile. Uh, Ella is Insane. a genius. She is a genius. Um, she <laughs> she, she needs. She literally studied for like a month. Not even. Days. Yeah. Most people spend like a year studying for the Sorry, LSATs. Sorry, my husband just texted me. I need to make sure my dog is not limping anymore. Abby has a husband, everyone. She's married. I love when people who are married on this podcast come on the podcast. I'm like, I have to have... Don't shut up about how married they are. Well, and I have a puppy. Yeah, puppy. Okay. Who has puppies anymore? Bruiser. Bruiser! Mine's cuter than Bruiser. <laughs> Bruiser's cute. No, Bruiser's very cute. Yeah. Um... I do like. What were we just talking about? We're talking about what you want. Uh, oh, L being right, a right, right. genius. Um, yeah, L is a genius, and I guess it's like you want so much for L, right? Like you're yeah. rooting, you're rooting for her, but you're also rooting for her personal growth. You're not rooting for her for the reasons why she's doing it. Like you don't want her to go to Harvard to go and get Emmett. You're like, no girl, move on with your get, life. Get like water, I'm yeah. glad you're going yeah. to Harvard because yeah. you're going to get a law degree and you're going to kick ass, but I don't want you to go after Warner. Well, like we, we, we follow Elle because we like Elle. And yes. again, a character doesn't have to be likable. Uh, they just have to be engaging. Elle also happens to be very she, likable. Yes. Uh, she's a good person and always tries to lead with goodness. Uh, so we we want her to succeed because we like her. And then when she gets there, we want her to grow because she's mm-hmm. worth more than what she wants. Exactly. Yeah. That's how they that's how yeah. they hook us. Yeah. That's okay. I think that's the trick to Lily Blonde is I think that, that is. Elle is worth more than what she wants at the beginning. Yes. And then she, she grows to realize what she's worth. Yes. She, she finds her own worth. Exactly. Um, another montage I want to talk about. Yes. Being montages is a uh, chip on your shoulder. Oh, now yeah. here's a thing that I want to talk about in the movie. Mm-hmm. How familiar are you with the movie? Do you remember? Pretty familiar. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a little while, but okay. I mean, I saw it lots okay. of times. For every time someone tells me how much better the show is than the movie, and again, like it is very, I think it's an exchange where it's like, I think ev- some things about for yeah. everything that the musical does better than the movie, there are things that the movie does Absolutely. better. Absolutely, it's, it's a give and take. Um, there's that great moment when Elle goes to the party that she thinks is a costume party, yes, shows up in the bunny yes, outfit, yes, and it's at the party when she realizes that she can't be chasing Warner anymore. Yeah, and. It, the musical and the movie do it for very two different reasons. In the musical, she's there and she's like still pursuing Warner and she's like, we're going to like the movie. Elle never lets her true intentions be shown. She's just, she's there and she's, yep. she's playing aloof with Warner the entire time exactly. waiting for him to realize how serious she is. And yes. in the movie, he's like, you're, you're not smart enough. It's fine. You're just not smart enough to be here. And She's like, well, we got to the same school. We took the same LSATs. We're taking the same classes. She says, like, wait, Warner, am I in glue or do we not get into the same law school? Yeah. Um, and then, like, this is the reason why Reese Witherspoon is an Oscar winner. 
<laughs> honestly, for the wrong role, but still, uh, there's a zoom in on her when he's like, there's more things, more valuable things to be doing with your time. And she goes, I'm never going to be good enough for you, am I? Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember this yep. so well. It's a great it is moment. such a good line. And her yep. realization, yep. you see it. You yep. see every moment. And she... And she does, she pivots, she gets out there and she yep. says, I'm going to show you how valuable I can be. And from then on, it's, it's she's, all about her. She's a, yes. She's a machine and it's about proving everyone wrong. And by doing so, she realizes her own true yes. value. Yes. And she, the brain, the brilliant brain that she has, the same brain that is able to catch that saleswoman in a lie, allows her to outshine her classmates, including Warner in class yep. when the yep. Sweeney versus whatever sperm yes. case where she, the sperm where, case. Yeah. Where all her classmates think she's a joke when she says what she says and uh, Callahan's like, no, you just won your case. You just won it. Yeah, because you think outside the box. One hundred percent, and that's what get, makes you. That's what separates you—the wheat from the chaff. Uh, chaff. Wheat from the chaff. Wheat yeah, from what, the chaff. Whatever it is. Uh, well, I don't know. I didn't, I'm not El Woods. Okay, no. I don't know these things. And it is about like embracing your individuality yes. and what you have to offer because you sh- you have a different perspective than what someone else does. Now, something yes. that people don't. Not everyone loves about yes. the musical. Okay, is when Elle realizes that she'll never be good enough for Warner. Mm-hmm. And although I don't think that's exactly what happens, she just like gets very sad, and then she pulls a whole thing about Gloria Steinem, where I'm like, I'm yes, sorry, yes, the Gloria Steinem. I'm moment. like, first of all, musical Elle. There is a possibility that movie Elle at that point would know who Gloria Steinem was, and I was a Playboy Bunny. Musical one does not. Not one bit. That is something that stuck out. That stuck out to me no, as well. Not I was the like, girl. Why are you yelling about Gloria Steinem? Yeah, not the girl who hasn't cracked open a single law book yet. No. Although I do like that the musical when Vivian uh, says that Elle should be kicked out for not having done the assignment, and Elle says like we should need to stick together, and Vivian's like you didn't do your work. Like I, in a way, I do get why Vivian's not into Elle at the beginning. In addition to the whole Warner background, she's like I'm here because I want to be. I want to be a lawyer. I like I have a yeah. career I want to yeah, get to. Yeah. Like you're taking this as a joke. That's so You're insulting. You're here to get a guy back, maybe, or like threaten yeah. my relationship with him. Yeah, totally. It's, it's a, a, Even though she's a cold hard bitch, but sometimes you gotta be. Sometimes. You- Listen, I, I am Vivian in a lot of ways, in the sense of like I've talked about this on the pod before. I'm gonna have all posts about it on social media at some point of like I don't get musical theater professionals who are like I don't listen to musicals i don't really know much about them i just do them i'm like you don't have to be an uber fan like me you don't have to know who won the tony to everything yes. for everything yes. yes but like you you have to like this you have to want to do this otherwise why do it like it's so hard of a career and there are people who genuinely want to be doing this like just because you're good at this doesn't make that enough like you also have to want it like that it's 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 it, it, it's insulting to the people who really like I mean, there is a give reason why like people study history of musical theater and stuff yeah. and it is important listen audrey mcdonald knows about you know rogers and hammerstein yeah. you should too and she has six tonys for a reason yeah so i agree this is to say uh chip on your shoulder an issue that a lot of people have with the show is that Emmett is the one who kind of whips Ellen to shape to be to prove everyone wrong. You know, this vanity's real picturesque, but it started its life as a desk. Clear it off and find some room for books instead. What are you doing? Can you live without this? Can you live without that? I don't know what this is. It's for hair. Wear a hat. Spend some time improving what's inside your head. Out, out, put it in storage, sell it on eBay, leave it behind. Out, out, what, are you angry? Good, so get angry. You may find a chip on your shoulder. The room just got colder. Hey. But with the chance you've been given, why are you not driven as hell? There's just no way around it. You gotta plow through till you found it. Been reading it hard. 
hard I can tell. And a lot of people have the issue that it's a man helping Elle instead of her sure. doing it on her own. I'm going to make the argument that that is a, that is a very American criticism because in America we define success as something you do on your own asking Mm -hmm. for help is a weakness Mm -hmm. and then on top of this with modern independence with feminism with uh gender expression with uh with lgbtq civil rights like the idea of asking for help from an ally on the other side of the line is considered an ultimate betrayal and i'm like it's not a weakness to accept help when you need it. And it, and if someone can help you, it shouldn't matter what their gender is, what their sexual orientation yeah. is, like, or their ethnicity. Like, accept help. That's for, what an ally is, yeah, right? Yeah, literally. Like, and, like, it's not just the fact that he's a man. He's someone who's been through law school already. He, he knows. And and if he is privileged for being a man, Elle is privileged for being rich, and which is what the song's about. Exactly. He literally sings about, like, I come from the wrong side of the tracks. Yep. I, ha- I grew up with no money. I worked. I literally have to do this. Like I did this or at least started because I felt like I had to. Something to prove. He worked multiple day jobs. Yep. Like two jobs plus law school. This blows her mind. Yeah. Like I, I, it's something that I'm like, that's a very shallow critique in my opinion. And something that again, is a very American criticism, uh, that L is, doesn't do it on her own, but rather a man helps her. I'm like doing it on your own does, and as opposed to having help does not make any one more impressive than the other. No. And it's her experiencing like, being in a new place for the first time, seeing people that aren't like her, Mm -hmm. seeing people who aren't rich, seeing people who have to work two jobs. Yeah. Whether it's a man, a woman, or whatever, he's just representing that because we needed another love interest. Let's be real. Well, like, Emmett is the love interest. Yeah. And and, we needed a good one. And it helps. And it helps their eventual story. They have a bond. They They have. Yeah. Because the one thing in the movie that I'm like, I don't totally buy it is the relationships she has with sure. Emmett. The, what we, makes us buy it is that she and the actor Luke Wilson have good chemistry. They so do. yeah, you're they like, do. you're like, yeah, no, I buy that they're into each other, but like the script does not have a lot there. The musical definitely starts that connection a lot earlier, yes. a lot deeper. By the time they're shopping for him, like yeah. you're she, like, wow, she repays the favor in the end. She, cause she was like, listen, yep. you helped me with what you know to help me be better. And now that they're both on the legal team and Callahan says like, you need to look better if we're going to be doing this. She takes Emmett, shopping to make she's like if people are going to take you seriously you need to you need look to this yeah you need to look the part yeah mm-hmm. well because it goes both ways people, yes. like, people say to her you need to look the part if you want people to take you seriously okay that means me wearing less pink emmett that means you wearing armani yeah and not yeah. a corduroy suit from the bargain bin <laughs> because whether we <laughs> those lo- patches well like whether we like it or not we say all we want like don't judge a book by its cover like you have to understand what equity means uh, in order for that to be equality i get all that at the end of the day we do still judge people by appearance. Like if so, like the studio we're in right now, let's say. Yes. It is very impressive because Tyler Milliron really is an impressive nice. man. Yes. If it were if it did not look as impressive, and you know me, so like th- it course. wouldn't be so, but if someone knew we're coming in today to record with me and it did not yeah. look as impressive as it was, they would definitely have like a oh god, what have I gotten myself into? Yeah. And then we would talk and then be like, oh, and we're then good. it would be fine. Yeah. But that initial judgment would be there. Yeah. We'd for us to take people seriously, we do need to have, like, a certain presentation, a sheen. They always say, like, dress the part. What does that even mean? Like, what is the part? What does that mean to dress the part, right? And for Ellen Emmett, it's sort of, like, meeting in the middle. She needs to not dress like she's at a halftime show. And he needs to dress like he's not, you know, do, pulling all-nighters all the time. And there's a happy middle there. And it's also, like, just investing in yourself. And sometimes, you know, uh, 
making the extra splurge to look even more presentable is not a yeah. crime. Uh, working Girl has a quote from Coco Chanel that I love, which is, uh, dress shabby, they notice the dress. Dress impeccably, they notice the woman. Oh. Uh, yeah. Here I am in my, in my athleisure. Yeah, well... But you noticed the woman, all right. I've always noticed the woman. I've always, when you were 14, I was like, that's a woman. That's a woman. Not in a hello, little girl kind of way. 11 but like, o'clock numbers. 11 o'clock numbers. Um, no, but you know, like, it's... It, no, it, I know exactly yeah. what you're saying. And there's obviously the double standard for women always, but... Of course. And also things have changed significantly since this was happening. Absolutely. There are certain situations where that's not the case. But of course, yes, we yeah. pass initial judgments based off of... Yeah society's mm-hmm. whatever has, has created in us and yeah i also love that they good or bad yeah. reason i love that they include paulette as part of l studying um yes that's lovely uh i also love uh that they use the sorority sisters as a greek chorus i love that joke yep this is a tragedy and every tragedy needs a greek chorus yes it's, it's so good so good i did love that and too. then and and they establish firmly like they are in l's head they're always going to be in Nell's head. And then they have like that weird time bending thing with the bend and snap, which is a musical number simply because it was so famous it from the movie. It had to be. It yeah. had to be. Um, it helps she's a bop. Like it's not, oh. it's not that necessary. I do like how they reuse it though later on for the court case. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. Yes. This is another thing where like the show and the movie have a little rough around the edges. How the show treats queer characters is not my favorite. I don't mean this in a burn it to the ground cancel kind of way. I think there's room for improvement. And I'm not talking about the song. Uh, they're, uh, yeah, they're right there. Also known as gay as your gay or European. I actually think that song is hysterical. Um, it's so good. And I love he, this man is it's, gay and European. Yeah. That, I wrote that yeah, down. I it's was great. Like, that line. It always kills. It, it always kills. It, it is kills. so good. It is. It is a really sti- good. Song. It's still good. It is like, still it good. It's still good. It also answers the question as to why would Brooks Poolboy try to frame her for the murder yes. by saying they had an affair yes. when they didn't and he's gay. It's something. It's one of those things in the movie where like I don't get why he did this then. Yeah. For like he's gonna be put on trial for lying under oath. Like why? Yeah. Why? 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 It's stu- and like and then if his boyfriend's in the courtroom, like why is his boyfriend sitting through all this why does the boyfriend snap when he's like he's just a friend like it's all it's all very shallow but on top of that in the movie the way that Elle discovers that he's gay is that he can recognize the label of her shoes right men (gasps) gay men know designers straight men don't which i'm like okay and again like the movie for all of its wonderfulness there are cringy moments that's a cringy moment the musical does does something similar it's better it's better it is better it's not great but it is better it's an improvement where l has said earlier the bend and snap is 99.99 percent effective on straight, on straight men. men yes so she does the bend and snap in front of the pool boy who said that he had the affair with brooke and it doesn't work in him she does it, i think one more time yep and she does still doesn't twice work. and then yeah. runs away and she's like he's gay yeah and then to prove it she does it for everyone in the courtroom and all the straight men are like oh my god and then again once again how the show is not great about queer people enid the lone lesbian yeah. she's like please do it again they make enid such a she's vagina so hungry lesbian extremely yeah like really in your face yeah about the, it. with I the, mean, with, the really. with the whipped into shape number where she's like yes. replaying uh, Brooke doing hip it's thrust. The poor lone lesbian having yeah. to represent wearing like they shabby must... pants and a shirt. Yeah. So yeah, she's 
like has the most gross clothing. And I would actually argue the movie handles Enid a lot better. Yes. She, Enid is a lesbian, but she's she's more just sort of um, insufferable because she's like, she's, she's just such, such an a, odd. Yeah. She, uh, doing like all these. Um, and like, I would say I like, I'm a liberal person. You're a liberal person. But like you and I can agree. There are people in our inner circle where it's like, you're a lot. Like we, I, good on you, yes. but you're a lot. Yes. Enid was that, is that person in the yes. movie. Um, and it's not cause she's a lesbian. She's just a lot. No, there's she's nothing like, to do no, she's with her sexual preference. No, she's just a lot. And yeah. she judges Elle the same way that everyone else does. So the musical is just like, Enid likes vagina. Like, yeah. And it's just really yeah. rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you do the bend and snap again? Please. <laughs> we should also mention, by the way, guys, happy. Because uh, when you do the bend and snap, I can see everything. And I just don't. Uh, uh, first of all, the, the bend and snap also is like the least sexual thing in the world. It's not sexual at all. It's so stupid. It's it, the, like the old pick up a pen trick. But like, it's like, ooh. It's, old, it's the old pick up a pen if you had epilepsy. I was about to say, and then you snap back in a way that's like contorting yourself. Yeah. yeah it's also, Abby, should we tell everyone about your childhood? No. <laughs> sure. Raised by lesbians. <laughs> you say that like it's raised by wolves or something. <laughs> that's how, we're just going to leave it there. <laughs> so I guess. A lot should, of lesbians surrounding me at all times. What time. I should say is when Abby just went, when Abby just went hog wild in the way that the musical portrays. That was uh, accurate you know, portrayal. Of. Abby's like, my childhood. <laughs> Grew up in the village, raised by lesbians. Imagine if my, my mom, Enid's based on my mom. Your mom. I'm kidding. No, your my mom. My mom's fantastic. It should have been based on my mom. Yeah. My mom, my mom needs her own musical, but that's another. Yes. That's your mom is actually kind of like Holland Taylor in the movie, the professor that they cut for the musical. Yeah. The one who, the yes. woman who actually cuts. Yes, I love her. her. She's great. She's great. I prefer, I, everything they do in the musical, I understand for the sake of of economy of yes. Callahan's the one that throws uh, L out because we only really have time for yes. one professor and Callahan's the one Callahan in the Broadway production Michael Rupert I saw it with someone else that okay. is really famous really good grayish hair Michael Rupert is that Michael Rupert Victor Garber did the movie Victor Garber he did the movie but he didn't do the musical at all no okay then and I'm just confusing so okay Again, speaking of like... Because I loved him. So in a way, I think my ultimate complaint on a storytelling level with the show is for everything they do to musicalize the movie so well, I do think a lot of the characters are simplified. I think yeah. Paulette gets simplified. I think Definitely Elle kind of gets simplified. And I think a lot of the Harvard people, uh, Vivian does, I think uh, Callahan does. Callahan becomes... A super villainous lech the entire yes. show to the point where like him hitting on L doesn't you kind of expect it yeah you're like I'm surprised he's not trying to finger blast Vivian <laughs> all the time like the movie Victor Garber plays Callahan as like that pompous Ivy League yes. professor most of the time a professor the kind of professor that you and I both know because oh, we had yes. that like Callahan in the movie I know exactly yep. His name rhymes with Schmieber. And just, for it's just, it's just, it. No, but it is. It's he's this not, like. He's not an overt lech. He's just up his no. own ass of his own, like, my word is, is law. The, the Bible. Yeah, exactly. And like, I am aloof because I can afford to be and because you are trying to please me because I have nothing to prove because I have this. I'm the teacher of this. And I'm a successful lawyer already with a huge yes. law firm and all this other stuff. And, he's, and you're all dying to please me. 
Exactly. And treats everyone like an yep. underling. And then when he hits on Elle, it's like, like, God damn it. Another thing? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Just, I was like, you too, like, et tu, yep. Brute? Because mm-hmm. at, that, at that point, yes. at that point, you think he's actually a professor that's because he respects intellect and creativity. Yes. You think, oh, great. He gave her a chance because she's he, worth it. Because he recognizes she deserves it. it. Yeah. Yes. Callahan of all people is like, Elle Woods is in my legal yep. team. And then it turns out it's because he wants to fuck her. Yep. And the musical, it's like, you know, for immediately... It's because he wants to fuck yeah. her. You, you'd be, you're surprised he's taking he on anyone else. Long. And that he's taking anyone else but Elle. Like, yeah, exactly. You're like, a guy like Callahan wouldn't go through those pretensions. He's just no, like, Elle so Woods true. only, that's and please so wear true. only see-through clothes, Elle Woods. Thank you so that, much, Elle you. Woods. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then once she does the Keep this photo on file. Yeah, keep this one on file. <laughs> Frame um, it. I'm surprised he wasn't like jerking yeah, off inside the resume. Add some tissues nearby. Yeah, when she's when you find out her resume is scented in the musical, I'm surprised he's not like, <laughs> like it's scented. And then Enid's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta always bring Enid back. Bring, bring Enid back. <laughs> Hashtag justice for Enid. <laughs> I like. I have multiple feelings. Obviously, I do not like that he hits on her. No, you're not supposed to. I don't to like, like that. I don't approve of it. I don't want him to. No. Um Do I It's so frustrating because I'm like, did we do we need we do need it because we need her to have that moment of yeah. like I want to leave and then be brought back yeah. by all these people that we thought maybe she couldn't get along with like Vivian whatever. Yeah. But there is a point of it where I'm like it does part... I still believe in the movie that part of him does respect her. Yeah. And actually that he believes she did deserve it. But in addition, he's going to capitalize on that and he's going to get for what he wants. In the musical, like you said, yeah. it feels like the whole time it has nothing to do with her hard work. Nothing to do with it. It's 100%. just about her. Which yeah. pisses me off because I'm like, it's more complicated than that. Yeah. Also, let me uh, be very clear. Uh, if Callahan just wanted to fuck Elle... He could have tried to make moves in the, in the movie. I mean, yeah, he could have tried to make moves multiple times. Yes, you're failing my class. Let me let me do this. Advi- for me let me and then I'll... Or, or let me advise you, quote unquote. Yeah, exactly. We see exactly. it all the fucking time. Exactly. It's when she starts to prove herself that not only is she attractive, but like, oh, and she's smart too. Yes, that's um, an attractive quality. Yeah, let, let me, me get this. Let me get this. What he thinks is an FWB, and it's not that. It's an abuse of power. Obviously. obviously, obviously, but that goes without saying. Like, yeah. obviously, that's. But not... that's what I'm talking about. What I mean, like, for as simplistic as the movie can often be, there are shades of nuance yeah. to these things. Yeah. Where it's like, just because something is bad, or not just because something's bad, something can be bad with many facets to the badness. Yes. Whereas the musical, a lot of that stuff is like bad. I'm like, I I miss yes. the nuances because I the tr- because in real life, it's never like. It's my, my biggest issue with Kinky Boots. Like, no one goes down the street being like, gay, gay, yeah. bad, bad. You have crazies out there for sure. But, like, micro, <laughs> yeah. the whole point of a microaggression is that sometimes it's hard to recognize whether you're yes. experiencing it or whether you're even doing it. Yep. And I like the shows that yeah. leave a bit of a gray area for conversation because then you can recognize those gray areas in the future. Yes. You know? Yes. Uh, yes. It's part of the reason why Carousel is my favorite musical uh-huh. and why no one does it well because everyone tries to do blues and reds. I'm like, girl, there is mauve in that show. There's purple. There's maroon in that musical. Taste the rainbow. Taste the fucking Skittle, bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so speaking of Callahan hitting on her, let, yeah. I think now's a good time to talk about like yes. my big, big note on this show. I think it's time. So do you know why it's called Legally Blonde? 
The only thing I no, I don't. But my guess would be she's blonde, and there's some legal stuff going on. <laughs> Law yeah, blonde, yes. legally blonde. But there well, must so be something. The musical famously based off of a movie, based off of a book of the same name. It also sounds like legally blind, which that is exactly yeah. why it's called legally blonde. That's legally blonde. A blind is a is, is the when you're yeah. legally blind. Yes, you, yeah, you, you may not be. You may not be like. You were maybe not born blind, blind or, or you're maybe you not like fully blind, yes. but like for legal purposes, you cannot drive a car Correct. because your vision is so bad yes. that you can't, that yeah, you're legally blind. So it is a play on words because whereas some people are legally blind, she's legally blonde. That's her hindrance. It's a joke. Right. Yes. The musical has a title song and then a remix of the title song that is literally telling first it's Elle being like, just let me be legally blonde. What does that mean? Because Legally Blonde is not something you can be. She, maybe she... I know they're trying to, like, connect... They try to justify when, like, when Callahan tells them both off before um, the Take It Like a Man number where he's like, I don't want to see... Den- whatever he says, like, I don't want to see denim. And he's yeah. like, or Legally Blonde in my, court r- or my courtroom tomorrow, right. my office tomorrow. And I'm like, but what the... F-? Like, he's making a joke, but I guess, but it still doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't get it. Can you explain to me? What does it sure. mean when she says, just let me be legally blonde, and then in the remix when Vivian's like, go show him who's legally blonde? What the fuck does it mean? <laughs> right, especially if it is a hindrance. Well, not even just like a hindrance, but like, or like, I guess it's... You could- I guess it means... I guess it means show him who you really are. Like, show him that you can be both... Here we are. Both blonde and... But also serious, legal. That's what my guess would be here. I understand in the ballots. No, I, I, I will punch you in the tit. I will. I can tell you what the what it's trying to say. Yeah, that's what, what I think. Yeah. What it's trying so, yeah, to in say. The, in the ballad, in the ballad version, the sad version, where she's like, oh, "Back in my own very small pod." Where talk yeah, about sure. like talking about just that when a song sounds good on Laura Belbandi, that song sounds good on Laura Belbandi. Um, she's singing like, you know, let me go back to what I know. Let me go back to what people. To being ex- that. Be- yes. Yes. What people expect of me, uh, where I will just turn off my brain and I will go back to the easy life. It's fine. I'll just do it. And I get that. But legally blonde is not a term. No. It's not a thing. It's a joke. It's a play on words that the book and then movie Play, uh, right. paid uh, off with it's so it always just bugs yeah. me yeah they needed a title song they did and that's really it i don't think there is an answer to, i think you no. raise a good point i think it makes sense in the jokes you can forgive that yeah. it's like okay cool great you, you you slipped it in there and even in this more serious part about going back to legally blonde i would argue is even could work because you're saying like that's what you were, right? Like yeah. this joke play on words of like being legally blonde okay but now saying just let me be legally blonde? No. Because <laughs> then you're saying you want to be what you were. Or, or like, what is it even? It's, it's, I, I get that. No, I get the idea of wanting to uh, I know, of retreating. I know. It's, it's literally, it doesn't it's literally make sense. just. I know. Yeah, it's literally just. No, they just needed words. the title. If someone can, yeah, they needed the title song. If someone can actually tell me. Yep. What that's supposed to mean, like that what it even great. means, what Let's it like, call them up. yeah, what it means to be that. Larry O'Keefe, Nell Benjamin, fucking call, tell me. Or call, fa- call fans us. of the show, people like okay. So yeah, that's people, a good question. Yeah, so many people of our generation who obviously fell in love with the show at an early age, and now you know have access to social media and have very big accounts that you know promote the show a great deal. I would love to ask them. Like, I know you love the show. I love the show too. Can you tell me? Yeah, because I, I, I think I'm pretty smart. 
I think I'm a decently smart person yeah. and insightful. I feel like I, when I think about this shit, I really try to think of it thoroughly. Yep. I'm not trying to be a douche troll. I understand. Not, <laughs> you really do not understand. I really don't. And I, I will say, the remake, like, on a thematic level, again, on a thematic level, I get it. And then I get Vivian being like, reappropriate that term sure, for yourself. Sure. In the same way that, I'm sorry if, this, if the F word is a trick or warning for anyone, but I am gay, so I get to say it. The way that the queer community has reappropriated fag oh. and faggot. Um, and every uh, um, repressed uh, minority does with, you know, the terms that were used to slander against them. Sure. And now we've all now reappropriated them for ourselves as a term of, of empowerment and endearment. I literally thought you were talking about the word fuck. That too. And I was like, the F word. No. Oh, God. I, I just curse up a storm on this show, so everyone expects it. Yeah. I don't think I've had a single episode not have the explicit tag on yeah, it, you need in, it in three years. No. I just, I, t- I swear like a fucking sailor. Yeah, me too. Yeah. This is part of our upbringing. That's part of our I charm. I'm swearing out the boom. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you came out and you said to your mom, what took you so fucking long? I literally. <laughs> I am dying in there. <laughs> Uh, Where the rest of the cars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you came out of the womb saying, turned to your mom and you went, what took you so fucking long? And I turned to my mom and I said, bitch, about time. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, Danny Technikop. Like... A lot of people had issues with it when it came out. I think it's very funny. What? And it pays off because, like, you, it's it's a moment in Act 1 where you're like, where is this going? And yeah. then in Act 2, you're like, oh, it paid out. Um, Paulette's first number called Ireland. Oh, yes. Which they rewrote when it opened in England uh, for fear oh. of uh, offending any Irish oh. people. But I, I – Paulette doesn't know anything about Ireland, no. so I don't find it offensive. No, it's just more like – why? Yeah, she's and not, then it does pay off. You're right. Yes. She doesn't make fun of the Irish people. She just truly doesn't know anything no. about them. Um, even though, and you know, Ireland because Boston and sure. so many Irish people in Boston. But yeah, she has a whole thing like I have this fantasy of m- meeting some sailor named Brendan and we'll dance with them moving our arms. And like, where the hell is this going? And then we have the UPS guy walking pawn. Uh, so great. I, and I do think it's. And I always married. thought it was so smart. Yeah, I always, I always thought it was, they are married in real life. I always thought it was so smart when he enters. How they play porn music every time he moves. So good. So good. It's so funny. Um, and then he, uh, in Legally Blonde Remix, he comes back, I got another package. Uh, Kyle B. O'Boyle. What's the B stand for? Brendan. And then they go into the Riverdance thing. And it's er- so good. The audience ate it the fuck up. Yeah. You want to know what critics could not stand? Was that moment. They were like, they're like, don't ask about the Riverdance. It's so stupid. And I'm like, no, it's fucking ingenious. It's yeah. yes, it's stupid. It is stupid. Ingeniously stupid. Well, and my feeling was like, I don't like the Irish song actually in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. But when that happened at the end, I was like, oh, that that makes me. It pays off. I appreciate that. Yeah. Also, like the thing about Paulette in the musical, I I like Ireland being her sort of I want song. Yeah. I think it's a nice twist on it because it, instead of. Um, Instead of it being a typical musical theater, my name's Paulette, I work in this nest salon, my guy of 10 years left me with my dog. Mm. Like, there's a twist on it. I like that. It yeah. gives, and it's, and it's very specific, too. Oh, yeah. Specificity is the key ingredient all the time. Uh, instead of doing, like, a, so either you do the whole, like, I'm Paulette, I'm sitting in this chair, and I'm doing your nails, this is my song. Or it's a generic, 
we all have a dream. It's just like the watch. I of, had yeah. the dream. You have the dream. Maybe we'll get the dream. The dream. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, with your hand clap too, like the dream. And then the whole the whole ensemble comes out. And the whole ensemble comes out and they go, whoa, the dream, whoa, the dream. That's, God, this, this, this is going to be a new running joke on this podcast. The, the dream. Heenan's dream is just a scissor with women all night long. All night she long. went to law school to meet women. She God. is all about the V. She's I'm all about, about that, that V. I'm V. No uh, penis. No, no, no scrotum. All about that pain. That, that pain. We're no losing scrotum. it. We are losing it. God. We've got a lot covered. I hope so. I'm trying to think. You have something. Uh, I'm I looking if I have notes. Um, Go. I'm trying to think of any other notes with the show specifically. Yeah, no, that's oh, what wait, I'm um, So, actually, well, so speaking of, like, critics, what they have to say. I mean, the show when it opened on Broadway had a range of reviews, some pretty, all the positive reviews were just like, it's delightful. It's entertaining. Yeah. And, uh, the mediocre reviews were just sort of like, I mean, like, I guess it's well done enough. Like, sure. are we done with the movies? And then you had like Ben Brantley in the times. Yes. His opening line was, I wrote this down cause I, I love it. Was, it, yes. it was such a snarky opening line. He goes, flossing between songs is recommended for anyone who attends <gasps> legally blonde, the nonstop sugar rush of a show that opened last night at the palace theater, joining the ranks of such nearby temples of candy worship as the M&M and Hershey's theme stores. <gasps> um, <laughs> He did say it was better than most of the recent movie-to-Broadway musicals. Okay. But he didn't say that it was a very high bar, either. He is not aggressively rude. But it is clear that it really kind of got on his nerves. Yeah. And not everything about it works for me. But I can also tell you, it is a pretty well-structured musical. They figured a lot of shit out. Yeah. And any time that they're too tethered to the movie again is when I think it's a little on the weaker yes. side. There are iconic moments from the movie that they repurpose in the book and they just change it ever so slightly. Yep, and I'm like, and it's like just say the words. Just do it. We're all expecting it. So for example, there's that orientation scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Mel Woods and this is Bruce Woods from both Gemini vegetarians. <laughs> yeah. And she goes, oh, by the way, I uh, two weeks ago, I saw Cameron Diaz at Fred Siegel, and I talked her out of buying a truly heinous Angora sweater. Whoever said that orange was the new pink is seriously disturbed. Yes. And the musical, I talked Beyonce out of buying a truly hangus. I don't think she... Uh, hangus. 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 I don't think she says Angora. She might have said something else. Sweater. Uh, maybe cashmere sweater or something like that. And then she says, like, whoever said... Not orange, which is like whoever's like fuchsia. Or like, oh, whoever said tangerine is the new pink was seriously yeah. disturbed. I'm like, at that point. Why did you change it? You're just doing Mad Libs. Just say the lines. Just say it. Either change it completely. Because at that it's point. It's so weird. It's such small cosmetic surgery. It's and I don't so know weird. what the behind the scenes were. Like, right. Maybe if, there was some. If like, if producers were like, no, make it different, but also like give them what they want. Um, at that point, <sighs> I'm just like, it's a great line. Especially this is a huge musical. Yeah. There are so many musical numbers. Give us some book scenes that have some lines we know. We're not going to be mad about it. No. We're not going to be like, well, we're watching the movie now. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not going to forget because you're about to break into a huge song and dance number. Yeah. And that's not in the movie. Listen, when Bend and Snap happens, I like how they they get into it that Paulette has, like, a natural Bend and Snap. And for a number that is not that necessary, I think they do a really good job with it. I love that when Paulette finally does do the Bend and Snap, five guys from around the block just jump. Like, like, hey! It it, it proves the point of the song of, like, once she does it, like, guys just, like, zoom in. But the Greek chorus pops in. I'm like, oh, my God, hi, Paulette. And then we have 
two lines, one I hate, one I love, which is Paulette turns to the audience and she goes, I see dead people, which is them doing the pop culture joke. Cause you know, five seconds ago, those three girls were not there. So she's yep. like, I see ghosts. And I hate that line. Then Elle goes, no, it's my Greek chorus. I'm so glad you can see them too. And Paula goes, but I haven't had any Jaeger. Yes. That's <laughs> yes. great. It is And that's great. not in the movie. No, that's a great ad. Yeah. It's I love that. It's so good. I mean, <laughs> Paul Ed. I also love... Paul, Paul Ed. Ed. I wish there were more comedic actresses like Leslie Kritzer who comes in. Literally, the line is just, Paula, do you know why cheerleaders get the guys and keep the guys? And Leslie Kritzer just comes in and she goes, Paul at. And she, <laughs> she treats it like two words, and you see her hands. Milks she goes, that line. She takes her hands, and she goes left to right, or left to right, like she's literally saying two separate words. Yep. Paul at. <laughs> I, yeah. I would be remiss if I did not mention mm-hmm. the epic belt moment of the show that everyone sang when Legally Blonde was big. You got the best freaking shoes. I, was, I thought you were going to do that. Uh, back the hell out of the way. All of that too. Yeah. But, but yeah. okay. Uh, just a little shout out to Kate Schindel. Equity president Kate Schindel. Equity president Kate Schindel. Because Who honestly, was aloof to me at the Tony Awards four years mm, ago. She lives above one of my <laughs> I haven't friends. forgotten it. She literally shares a building with She lives above all of us. She's nine she feet tall. She's a former Miss America. But come on with that Kate Schindel. Yeah, no. Come oh. on with that note. I it, voice and like a that, machine. That is the belt that we wanted. Yeah, that's the be- that's the yeah. Because it is it is pingy, but it, it is, is pingy, also but it's full. It's, it's very full. full. One last thing as we talk about the show. Yeah, uh, the way that the show ends. Yeah, I really enjoy. Uh, the show actually makes Warner more likable than yeah. the movie. In the yeah. movie, he's full douche. We're like, we know he's not the We're one done. again. Yeah. He's a he's a JFK wannabe knockoff. Like fuck him and like. Vivian dumps him, all this yep. stuff. Um, and, like, also, and it's it's in the, it, when I say, like, God is in the details, like, a good book, and I don't think Legally Bond is the best book, but they do certain changes that are actually very impressive. A good book, it's all about building blocks to getting to where you want to end up, right? So, like, Warner does not end the musical in the way that he ends the movie, where we're like, ha, fuck him, kick him, like, while he's down. The musical's like, no, he ends up quitting because he's good-looking, and he, law isn't even for him. He's really just doing it to please his family. Sure. So, like, when he breaks up with Elle, and she's like, I thought you were proposing. In the musical, he's like, I did talk to my parents about that, and they told me I need someone more serious. Like, he... he Clearly, he wanted to propose. Like, Elle's not wrong that for thinking he was so going to. That makes so much more sense. Whereas in the mu- movie, he's like, I can't dick around anymore. She's like, you were just dicking around with me? And then when she gets to Harvard, he's fully engaged to Vivian in the movie. She's like, I'm his fiance. And then in the musical, he yep. and Vivian re- are childhood friends who reconnect, and they start dating again. And then he proposes you to her. You see the proposal. You see the proposal happen after a few more months. Like, he doesn't get engaged to Vivian five months after dumping yep. L. He gets engaged her a little bit later. It's still a little douchey, but, like, it's not – he's not doing it totally blindsiding L or whatever. And then when he comes back to L, as opposed to the movie where she's like, oh, bonehead. In the musical, she's like – Oh, Vivian dumped you and like you want and you need someone because you need love. I get it. And then she has a very lovely heart to heart with him. She's like, I've learned I'm better than this. And I think you are too. And, yeah. and then her graduation speech, I, there's, and there's like great tiny moment where she goes, I'm standing here today. And like three different women mm-hmm. all stand up and we're like, I'm standing here today. Yeah. The one thing I don't like about the graduation yeah. is um, Vivian quoting Shakespeare. 
Yep. Uh, which has nothing to do with anything. Feels very out of place. Yep. Well, because in the movie, she's uh, Elle's quoting Aristotle because the professor quoted Aristotle. Yep. But it's also relevant to what they're graduating. What they're doing. Which yes. is that she, she says, law is reason free from passion. And Elle's like, well, no offense, but here's what I've learned yes. at Harvard. Yes. And then Vivian's like, Shakespeare said this about being yourself. <laughs> here's a woman who's always been herself. It has nothing to do with law school, but here we go. I'm and just going to talk about it. And then on top, first of all, why is Vivian introducing Elle? I don't know. Why? It made more sense when it was a fucking teacher. And then Vivian's like, I think this best applies to a woman, a blonde woman. And I'm like, what the fuck does that matter? God damn it. Enough about the blonde uh, shit. A legally blonde woman. A, le- a legally blonde woman. And Enid goes up and she goes, Matt's- yeah, she's blonde. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to make Matt's dream come true. Yeah. That's the line you need. No. And then to turn the tables, Elle ends up proposing to Emmett. At the graduation, which was sweet. If I were to direct it, I actually really... Because in the movie, Emmett's going to propose to Elle, you find out. I would have loved if Elle proposes to Emmett. And he goes, oh my god. And then she puts the ring on him. And then as everyone's singing, he whips out his own ring. I think so too. I don't think they did that on the Broadway one, right? I I think she just gives it to him. Yeah. Yeah. But that would be really cute. Yeah, like they're on the same page. He was going to do it too. He was ready for it. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's, I don't know, it doesn't undermine it anyway. It's like, no. you're, it's like, of course, yes, I'll marry you. I was going to do it too. Like, I love yes. and, and then it makes more sense for like, and now I found my love. Like, yeah, yeah. I found yeah. my love, bitch. I agree. Yeah, Let's it's so good. Let's add that to the revival. Yeah. And then the hottest, listen, I know you don't love Christian Burrell's singing voice. That said, him being Emmett is justified at the very, very end when they do that last, oh my God, and he pulls Lord Bundy in and he goes, oh my God, and then they kiss. And granted, they were fucking at the time. Were they? Okay, so now- I didn't know. We've got, okay, it's 6.56. You're right. gonna be five minutes late. Okay. Because we have to talk about a couple final things okay, as we talk about ahead. the legacy of the yes. show and this. You know that Sun Foster and Christian Borle were married, yes? Yes, knew that. And I'm saying this openly because Sun Foster has a memoir out. Everyone read it. It's called Hooked. It's amazing. She talks about it without going into super specifics. Great. She does talk about this, which is that uh, as Legally Blonde opened on Broadway, Sun Foster was going out of town with Young Frankenstein. And things happen with relationships. I can't tell you all the details, but essentially... Christian Borland and Laura Bell Bundy started having an affair, okay. which then led to Sutton Foster having her own thing with Roger Bart. Okay. In her book, in her memoir, she has revealed that uh, she and Christian were on a break and they decided to pursue other people to see if they would, could come back to each other while they were also in marriage counseling. And she was like, but it wasn't worth it because Christian was pretty much already out. He was in love with someone. I'm like, he wasn't in love with someone. He was balls deep in someone. Mm-hmm. He was balls deep in Laura Bell Bundy. And it was huge news. I don't know where the fuck you were. I don't know. Because this was huge. And when they did that final, oh my God, on the MTV broadcast, everyone's like, oh, you can tell they're fucking... Uh, which I know I'm being simplistic and whatever the people are people and emotions are emotions, but this is also, you know, 15 years ago. So deal with it. And everyone who is a part of that quadrangle, um, has moved on to greater yes. success and is totally fine now. Yes. But yes, that, that was the drama wow. backstage. Okay. So the show ran for, uh, under 600 performances, which yes. is considered a flop. Yep. They lost money. They went on a national tour. They go to London where they get Great reviews. They win the Olivier for Best Musical. They run for almost a thousand performances. They make their money back. It was so embraced over there. And I maybe it's because the, I don't know if the movie had less of a following there maybe. or what. There was less of a stigma on the show when it got there. They also scaled it down a bit. Uh, it became the national tour production with like fewer hydraulics. It was right, more, right, 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 right. Yeah, because on Broadway, it also like it was a little overproduced. It was a yes. Yeah. Um, it's become a huge regional community theater high school huge, success. Yes. Well, we have that famous elementary high school video that 
keeps getting taken down and put back up. It's a gift I made so <laughs> It's great. Mad props. Um, and Mad props. <laughs> to the point that SNL did a sketch on it. It's so good. And then, uh, so you know it was being done at Regent's Park Open Air Theater in London right now? Do you know oh, this? No. Yeah. Do you know what Regent's Park Open Air Theater is? The, Regent's Park Open Air Theater is sort of like London's equivalent to our Delacorte Central Park okay, situation. Okay, okay, But they, their whole aesthetic is like, we take shows, you know, and we go wild with them. So. Great. They did the Into the Woods that was played in Central Park here a few years ago. Got where it. it's like where Donna yes, Murphy, I remember this. Where Donna yes. Murphy got swallowed by the ground. Yes, and yes. Like, but that's always been their mo. And so they're currently doing Legally Blonde right now, directed by um, one of the co-director writers of Six, uh, Lucy. Wow. Lucy Moss. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the whole thing is that like it's gender fluid. It's yep, yeah. uh, more racially diverse. The L is uh, an actress of color who's heavier. Oh, I did see this. Yeah. I. Yep, I remember hearing about yeah. this. It's an interesting experiment. I would like to see it. I would it. like to see it. I would like to see it too. only because I watched their. I watched some clips of it. It's messy. Yeah. It's messy. Okay. It's messy. And the thing about Legally Blonde is, if you're gonna do it, you got to be a fucking tight yeah. steam engine on that thing. There, there is not room for sloppiness in that no. show. But I'm still curious. As am I. As am I. But like now that we're gonna get another national tour with this show. Uh, is- Another one? Yeah. I mean, unclear what if it's when? equity or not. I think it's supposed to come in the fall. But they announced it. They announced it. They will, And I spoke oh, to someone. Oh, actually, I remember. I I, I also spoke to someone who is uh, close to one of the main producers of the original production who wants, and that producer wants to bring it back. And he said every couple of months they get, uh, the, produ- uh, the team gets together and they go over everything to see, like, what do we have to change, change. Wow. for today? Um, not a whole lot. Mostly, it's mostly Just the queer small stuff. small things, yeah, of mostly course. the queer stuff. Uh, oh, that, yeah, I'd be interested to see how the tour goes. It is non-ec, but I'd be, yeah. um, I'd be interested to see because I'm sure it's, I'm sure it would do well still. Yeah, I know. Regionally, I like, come on, absolutely, people love that. People love it. Um, yeah, I mean, the show has such a huge following in a way of like, curtains came out that same year. Who the fuck remembers curtains? No, and I was one of those people that saw it because I it was saw like curtains David Hyde. Fraser, I was obsessed at the time. Curtains was, was like, promoted okay. as being the last Candor and Ebb score, yeah. and we had two more after that. Like, oh wait, no, nope. yeah, nope. yeah, it just wasn't a great show. But no. like, it, but that like ran for over a year. It got a Best Musical Tony nomination. Um, I mean, Great Gardens, I think, is a gorgeous show. Not enough people know it. No. More people are familiar with Legally Blonde. Legally Blonde has had a lasting yeah. impression, and his like people know some of the songs from it still. People. Yeah. Oh, it's some of those songs have become musical theater standards. So much better is a big standard. Yeah. Um, A lot of people like to do Chip on My Shoulder. I remember, okay, when we were at Emerson, I I might have done Ligue Libre. What did you, yes. Sophomore year. It was a mini musical. That's what I was about to say, the mini musical. I remember. Do you remember who my L was? Yes, I do. Who was my L? Oh, wait. Yeah. I do. Say it. You can say oh, it. okay, okay. Lauren Chapman, Lauren Laura, Nicole Chapman. Lauren Nicole Chapman, currently on a on the Frozen tour. She was my L. Uh, Max Engerman, who's coming to Broadway next season with uh, Beautiful the Noise. Beautiful Noise. Yes, he was our Warner, and I was Emmett. And already the show had been closed at that point for two years. Yeah. And I remember coming. First of all, I came out as Emmett because it's a mini musical. We can only do thirty minutes tops, and they tried to basically do all of act one in I think 25 minutes. And so a lot of shit got cut. Um, 
and like there was no introduction to Emmett. I just come on stage after <laughs> after L after L was told uh, she wasn't serious enough once she was at Harvard. I just like I remember walking on stage and be like, L, what's up? And everyone laughed because like we know Matt's playing Emmett. Like this yeah. intro and like whatever. But then when the music for Chip on Your Shoulder began, there was a gasp in the audience. <gasps> I remember it. It's in my brain to this day. When when I remember Lauren saying, "Why'd you come?" and the piano goes, "Do do 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 do," and everyone went, <gasps> and I was like, "Oh, okay, here we, here go. we go, here we go." Yes. Um, yeah. So when sales were dropping, and it was clear that the show wasn't going to be able to last much longer, uh, I believe Legally Blonde was the first American show to do this because yeah, it was right before um, Grace. You're the one that I want. They do the search for El Woods. Yes. Which was met with a lot of disdain. Yes. But it was done because the MTV live taping that they did in September that aired that October did nothing for sales. It's, I mean, it's huge on YouTube. Yeah. But it did nothing for sales. Then they do the reality show in hopes of boosting sales. Bailey Hanks was a star for all of two days. Yep. And then three days later, no one cared anymore. Nope. And I think she did it for three months and then they had to yeah. close up shop. Um, but that, that reality show... Uh, did give us some good people. Yes. Uh, Lena Hall, future Tony winner Lena Hall was on yeah. it. Uh, we got ourselves Lauren Zacharin from that. Oh. Yeah. And then some other really, and really t- talented not, women. Uh, the redhead on it. Um, Autumn. Autumn. Yeah. She's done quite a lot of stuff too. She has. Not a lot of Broadway, but some stuff. Uh, yeah. I know a few people who know her. She's also, say, she's incredibly talented. Yes. And then Cassie, I forget her last initial, but she was like the villain uh, uh-huh. of the season and they it was mostly just they treated her poorly. Uh, she has done a lot. Has been on Broadway much. I think she's currently on the Six tour. Cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, when, when I when we it's did, good that it gave them yeah. some kind of career. Listen, I, we're not going to talk about the reality show. If you want to hear more about the reality show, you can listen to the My Obsession episode with Tim Murray from like uh. a year and a half ago. He's got some scoop because he did a whole <gasps> reunion with all those women. We talk about oh, it. Oh, that's what I have yeah. to listen to that. I th- oh, Kathy, I think it's Cassie Silva. Cassie S. Yeah, we're like, justice for Cassie S. Like, her only crime was just wanting it and being good at what she did. Yeah. Uh, and they made her the villain. And yep. we're like, bullshit on that. Fucking bullshit mm. on that. Abby. Yes, This Matt. has been a pleasure. This has been awesome. I hope we covered I've enough I've never talked everyone. about Legally Blonde so much. And I never probably will no. again. But, but it was fantastic. Welcome to the pod. It's such long it. format now. No, I'm I've so just, excited. Yeah, I've just I hope to be it. back soon again to be asked back now that i've embarrassed myself as enid (laughs) and now that the uh or or made myself famous who knows the lesbian community they're behind me no they want more no they're in front of me they're like they're under (laughs) (laughs) i'm out your mom is gonna disown you absolutely she's like she'll be so proud Be like, I don't know what that was. She's like, Abison. Abison, <laughs> this is not how I raised Back you. Back in the womb, you go. Back in the womb. <laughs> um, Abby, we've got three Thank questions you. we yeah. ask on this oh, podcast. Okay. Yes. First question is over, under, or estimated? Do you think the show is overestimated, underestimated, or properly estimated? Um, I think probably underestimated. I think that's wise. Thanks. I, th- I would say, depending on what age you are. I was about to say, it's either properly or under. For me. Yeah. Um, next question is uh, Castaway. Who would you like to see in a production of Legally Blonde? Besides you and me, obviously. Oh, well, take me, out of, take me out of retirement and play. That's Emmett. right. Yeah. That's right. Um, I would like to see. I'd actually like to see Lauren. 
Lauren? Nicole Chapman, because she's my friend and, yeah. you know, I like her. And she's um, and she's, she's got really the name wreck now? Yeah, exactly. No, but uh, who else would I like to see as that? Actually, I'm more of a Serena myself. I'm not really an Emmett. I'm, no, I'm Leslie Kritzer. I would absolutely do Paulette. Who... I don't really know if I know, like, I can't think of anyone. I don't know. Like, Give me some, someone. No, it's like, who are some, fr- maybe friends, more friends of yours that you'd like to see in it? Oh. Who from Harmony would you like to see oh. in it? Any Harmony guys? Sierra? No. Oh, I was like, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, yeah. who? Sierra's um, oh, gonna... some guys. Yeah. Sure. Oh, I would cast my friend Blake in it. He's really good. Which one did Blake play in Harmony? Blake played Chopin. Which one's he? Um, the sexy one that played the piano. The one that, the, did he have the wife? I would wife? cast him as like an Emmett. Is, is he the one who had the wife in the he show? He did have a wife. Yes, yes, he is sexy. I would write that. would he, be great. He'd be a good Emmett. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying to think of like big Broadway people that like I would recast as. Whatever. No, let's give opportunities to people who aren't big Broadway people. Okay. Um, mm, can you help? Give me some. Give me some um, Tall bass boy, Sean. Uh, does he oh, have? Does he have? We're still at harmony. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm still at harmony. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do we I still have? That. Do we? Does he have oh, high he, notes for Warner? Because he's he like could be Warner. He is very JFK like. He could be totally Warner. Yeah. I mean, in twenty. I don't know his high vocal range. In twenty five years, he he's Callahan for sure. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. I think. Um, oh, I definitely. I think we've got like a. Isn't one of them Pilar or something? And then, like, one is Serena, the, right? the, Yeah, the three sorority sisters. It's Serena. That's Leslie Kritzer. Uh-huh. Margot is uh, Emily Ashford. And Pilar is Dakina Moore. Um, who would I cast myself as? Let's see. If I had to be in it. Bitch, you're Vivian. You, oh, I don't know. Here's why. I think I have to be the Kate Bro- Weatherhead no, no. track. Broadway would cast you as Enid, which I yes, get. Because you could do would. that in your sleep. But I'm talking about. You're talking I about know, like what if I you were, truly should be. If I'm sitting at the casting table and I'm also fucking directing this shit. Great. Granted, I'm a genius and I'm very smart and of I have course. beautiful insight. Yes. And they're like Matthew. And you're also starring as Emmett. Yes. And, and Serena. Serena. <laughs> <laughs> then you cast me as Vivian. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, because I know Vivian you could... slash Enid. Vivian slash Enid. <laughs> it's yeah. a split track. And, and Sean is Callahan slash Warner. Done, I love it. This is the John Doyle production. I, where everyone's I'm doubling. We've it. got th- we've yeah, got a kazoo and a xylophone. All from the cast of Harmony. All the cast of Harmony. And then the... us. And us. And Lauren. And Lauren. I, I put her in there. <laughs> and who's and who's Sierra playing? Bruiser. <laughs> or or maybe you know what? Maybe we do go like let's bring some diversity to it sure like we gotta i just i have to think about it but i think in my production in my production in your production definitely give me give me l as a person of color for sure i've brought her up many times already but uh izzy michaela from the prom and yes uh, yes aladdin i just saw her in the water for elephants uh presentation and I was reminded of how amazingly talented she is, and I think she'd be a great L. So let's have her do that. Last question. Um, The missing link. What do you think is most missing from this show that could maybe really just click it into place that people would would just understand? Um, I think... Oh, gosh, that's really hard. Um, I think missing link might be... Maybe some um, flushing out the character of like Paulette, mm-hmm. like n- giving us a, yes, I like the Irish song, but like give me something a little more, sub- keep that specificity, but mm-hmm. like let's expand it just a little bit or like a song between them or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. There's just a little they more could, specificity. They could use a duet for sure. There's also 
Paulette's not as sad in the show as she is in the movie. Like Jennifer Coolidge is really good at making sadness funny. Funny. I mean, yes. For any more proof, watch the White Lotus. Her yes. character is oh, pa- it's so pathetic. her character is so pathetic, good. and she's so funny. Yeah. Same thing with Paulette. Like Paulette is not a very confident person. No. And the Paulette of the show is it's sad. She's, it is. She's, a sad. she's well, she's sadder in the show. In the movie, she's got to be sadder. Yeah. So I, I would like a sadder. Just Paulette. some more. F- yeah. Just yeah. I just think out some characters. And I know, like, it's a big bright musical. I just I I think another look over the book of just bringing everyone down a notch layers yeah bring everyone down a notch yeah Yeah. i agree agree. um and then also you know sometimes you don't have to do exactly the line for the movie minus two words no you can just either do the line line or don't i don't make it tangerine just say orange just say orange doesn't have to be beyonce just say cameron diaz or you know write a fucking new line yeah that's it um abby yeah once again super delightful thank you where can people find you if you want them to find you (laughs) I do want them to find me. Um, you can find me just my uh, handles, Abby Goldfarb everywhere. So on Instagram mm-hmm. at Abby Goldfarb, Abby Goldfarb.com. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or you can watch her biking or around the city. Or you can just find me on a city bike. Yeah. Or walking my dog. She'll tell you she's married. Or, yeah. <laughs> With a dog. I'll tell you it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. You can find me. I'm around. Love it. I'm here. She's here. You're still here. Uh, if you want to find me, I'm on Instagram only at Matt Cop, like usual spelling. If you like the podcast, rate, review, subscribe. Ooh, we did get a new review. Someone had to send it to me <laughs> because it wasn't on Apple Podcast. It was on Chartable or something. Um, I, I want to read it uh, because they did such a lovely job and I want to give them their due and then we will call it a day. Uh, fuck, 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 fuck. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Cue the light in the piazza music. Five stars. This podcast is an absolute hidden gem. What matters most to me is a point of view. Not only does Broadway Breakdown project a definite point of view, it is clear that Matt is passionate about his subject matter. While we do not always agree on matters of particular shows, he fully supports his point of view with reasons why he feels the way he does. Although I must admit, we do agree on a heck of a lot. Plus, I love actually learning something, and I guarantee you that happens each and every week. Frankly, I'm amazed at the amount of research, reading, and reviewing he does in order to present an informed opinion and an entertaining and informed podcast. To his credit, each week he is joined by varying guests which provide added insight into the world of whichever show they are exploring on a particular episode. My liver thanks Matt for all his pop culture references and mentions of stage door matter. Ha! Oh I talk my about gosh, them. yes. Because of the shots, yeah. Thank you so much, sir. That was a beautiful review. Um, yeah, we are slaves to the algorithm, y'all. Tell your friends. Uh, once again, I'm going to, I'm, I am... I was mentioning this earlier, but I'm going to hold myself to this. I was in. Yes. July 31st. July 31st. Is when the Patreon's going to go live. You will, you'll find the video for this episode. You'll find the video for the Sideshow episode. And then at least two episodes about the movie musical rankings, uh, which I will be <clears> continuing <throat> with. Well, so that's the thing. Excited. So the Patreon, all special episodes for that uh for the Patreon are going to be dedicated towards the movie musical rankings going back from present day all the way to when they started uh, just movies adapted from stage musicals not everyone just the ones adapted from stage musicals uh, we've currently watched The Wiz and we've currently watched uh, 1776 so you'll find out episodes about that plus uh, two episodes where we're going to sort of just do a review of everything I've covered so far with the movie musicals there's also going to be uh, videos of me performing <gasps> 
Everyone subscribe, mm -hmm. find it, get yep. in there. Songs uh, representative of some of the things we've covered. So there'll be a video of me singing Disneyland. I'm the greatest star to cover Funny Girl. Of course. Um, uh, much more from the Fantastics. Yeah, uh, I've, I don't perform publicly much anymore. Although I might start putting it on my Instagram soon because now that I'm, I'm going to publish my reviews publicly on my Instagram now. Yes, good. And it's sort of like a... Uh, tit for tat. Yep. I'm like, listen. Put I yourself out there. I'm putting, I love it. They're putting themselves out there. I'll put myself out there. You can not agree with my review, but troll the video of me singing. That's right. Troll the video of me singing so you can actually read my review and tell That's me right. if you disagree I like or that. not agree. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you like it because I, I do. I floated I that idea. That. I floated that idea to a couple of people and I'm like, you don't need to do that. Your reviews are good enough. Like, no, you don't understand. People no, are. No, you'll feel better about it too. Yeah. You'll I'm be like, like, you know what? It's out there. Yeah. I feel good. Like, and it's, just, and it's, it's something like, no other critic does. Like, I love that. I think people would be less shitty on Jesse Green. Who, granted, I respect it. Jesse Green doesn't always write great reviews, but like people would less be like, ah, oh, he's got a vendetta. If like once a month he's like, okay, here's me doing a monologue from Hamlet, or here's me <laughs> doing a monologue from Mean Girls. I know it's shitty, but here, I put myself out there too. Yep. Now listen to my reviews. Um, anyway, uh, yes, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, we're also going to take a one to two week break between this episode and the final, final episode, which is going to be Diana, uh, just because there was supposed to be an episode about the Sondheim uh, retrospective, and that didn't end up happening, so it really fucked up the scheduling, and I don't have enough time to do a turnaround for Diana between now and then. So, uh, yeah, there's going to be a one or two week break, but Diana will be coming, and then July 31st, the Patreon. Uh, Abby, we close out every episode yes. with a Robbie Diva. I don't have my list with me of who we've done uh, so far, I feel like we've done Orfe and Lord Belbundy and Leslie Kritzer. Maybe we have, maybe we haven't. I'm pretty sure we haven't done Annalie Ashford. Great. So I think we're going to do Annalie Ashford. Okay. And if we have done Annalie Ashford, I apologize. Uh, we do. So yes, thank you so much, guys. Thank you for listening. Ke check us back in uh, one to two weeks. I'm sorry, I can't confirm which one it is. Uh, and Just until keep a look out. And yeah, keep a lookout. <laughs> take, take us away, Annalie. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot -E 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 org because only together we rise.